greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Insight to Insanity. I am joined here by my friend and dear host, and brother-in-arms and all our dirty little business in the asylum. Oni, are you there, lovely? Nyla, can you stop calling me over the intercom? I'm kind of busy right now. Shut up, bitch. Stop raping that slut and give her some tea. Get over here. Ah, oh, fine. Be a good girl. Okay, what the... Okay, what do you... What, what, what? Oh, we're doing the podcast thing, aren't we? Ah, kind of forgot. Yes, we're doing the podcast thing, you know? The thing we do to prove we're not completely psychotic. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> You anyway, do, you, you do I am your glorious host, Nylon, and that's only a thing, yeah. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. And yes, as Nylon says, I am only a thing. I'm out of my blue period, so I'm no longer mopey and depressing, which a lot of people should be worried about, because this is when I get crazy. Yes, he started playing Team Fortress 2. That is the epitome of insanity right there, people. When you start to play Team Fortress 2 and enjoy it, your brain is starting to decumcrumpicle. Hey, when, what? You, Shut when up. you can run at supersonic speed with a gun literally called Baby Faces Blaster, run up behind a 400-pound Russian, pop him in the head, make his head explode, and then run off like nobody's business, that is a good game. Unless you're the Russian. Unless you're the Russian, then you've just got your head blown off by a Boston asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying everybody from Boston is our arseholes, just the scout. Hey, I'm an asshole. Wait, I mean, I'm from Boston. <laughs> that was not on purpose. <laughs> I was just about to say, were you trying to do Mr. Kennedy from TNA? <laughs> hey, leave tits and ass out of this. Uh, anyway, I believe... Tits and ass does not need sponsorship from us. I believe they do fine on their own. Shut up for a moment. I believe you have a. I believe you have a shout out to do. So I will hand the floor to you. Yes, yes, I do. I must say to this glorious gal. Anyway, um, recently a dear, dear friend of mine who means a lot to me and I really do care about, and yes, is female. Take those dirty images out of your heads, boys. Anyway, um, we were talking, and uh, she was enjoying the podcast. And I said, hey, would you be interested in doing a logo? Because she's pretty good at, well, art-wise. So she agreed, and she, two days flat, she came out with an awesome logo, which you can probably see now is the new one, because Oni just put it up. Yep. And she did an amazing job for about 15 pounds. Mm -hmm. Which is about $20 or something like that. Yeah, $20 or something. Roundabout. Um, and yeah, she did a really good job. She does them pretty quick. She's very talented, as you can see. Uh, anyone who does want a... Uh, if you would like to contact her to maybe get a painting for yourself done, about... Whatever. Uh, I actually do have her contact information. Um, let me just grab that. Cause it's right up here. Ah, yes. Email it to neumlewis14 at gmail.com. 
I will also give it to Oni so that he can put it in the description. Or somewhere. He will do it, or I will stab him in the left testicle. <laughs> Not uh, the right one. The right one gets enough love and attention from the bitch downstairs in the electric chair. I, oh shit, I forgot to turn it off! <laughs> eh, at least I had her hold on to the hot dogs for me. <laughs> Multitasking, people! I fry a bitch and make my food. That's not even talking about the pig guy we got in the basement who does the barbecues. Hey, say what you want about the hog. He makes amazing barbecues. Oh, please. Him and Sloth are constantly at it. Hey, they may be at it, but you have to admit, they are great cooks. Yeah, they are. So Nobody they... can fry up human remains. I mean, <laughs> I mean, mystery meats like they can. <sighs> Plus, Chris Walker has been very tame ever since he saw their insanity. <laughs> Chris Walker's just been banging his head up against the wall going, Contain! 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 I should give him a condom and say, Contain that! <laughs> oh, God. Anyway! We have let's proceed! The first topic is one that's gonna get us rambling for quite a while. This so one... get some popcorn, get some drinks, strap in, strap on, and... Please don't use a strap-on. They, they're painful. <laughs> then again, I might have used mine backwards. <laughs> anyway! That's not exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say unstrap on your Voltex suit, find dog meat, load up that gun, and prepare to shoot a ghoul in the face, because it's Fallout 4, bitches! Woo-hoo! I'm going to get my hook and rifle and shoot a super mutant in the dick. Shut up, you redneck Texan. What? Uh, yes, uh, everybody, your, your favorite apocalyptic scenario is back. Newer and better, hopefully, with next gen. Uh, I wouldn't say better, I haven't played it yet. That's why I said hopefully. But from everything I've heard from the game, oh, is it going to be all so good? Like I, <laughs> I said, okay, calm down, calm down, Nyland, calm down. Calm down, we don't do that here. We don't do that here. Maybe. Hey, you have the bitch on Maybe. the bed of nails for that. Help me, help me, please! Shut up, bitch! Anyway, because I've been in my blue period, I haven't been checking up on Fallout 4 as much as I should have been or as much as I would like to. I've just been on TF2 blowing people's heads off and stabbing people in the back. You backstabbing bitch! I play the spy, gentlemen! I saw you playing the scout. Don't lie to me. I play scout, engineer, and spy. Anyway, so from what we've seen about Fallout 4, and I talked to um, my sister's boyfriend Richard on this because he is a massive Fallout fan, and he seems to believe that the, he seems to believe from what he's heard and everything that he knows, apparently it's set in Boston. Yes, it is. And from the trailer as well, the trailer looks amazing, by the way. And yes, it does. I don't know if that's in-game graphics, I don't believe it is. Actually, it is. It is? Fucking Oh, hell. yeah. Fucking hey. Mm-hmm. But one of the things, this is one of the things that really twigged me off, as if to say, hmm, this could be a little bit different, because in Fallout 3, your protagonist was from Vault 101. In Fallout New Vegas, you were a courier shot in the head. In you always seem to have some sort of interaction with the Brotherhood of Steel from what I've been yeah. able to 
Yeah, bro, I haven't played most of the Fallout games. I've only played Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas. Brotherhood of Steel only came into um, the picture, I do believe, towards the end of the first one or in the second one. Mm. I can't remember, but um, one of the things that twigged me was in the trailer, you remember that um, Brotherhood of Steel battle suit? Yep. The power armor that's in the garage? I do. <clears throat> that was one of the things that twigged me off because from the looks of it the Enclave is still about or I saw some people that reminded me of the Enclave and I'm just like why would you in a post-apocalyptic setting hang a power armor suit in a garage for everyone to see? No idea. So to me this could mean one of two things. It could mean either the protagonist we play as in this I believe is confirmed by the trailer as well has either had passed with the Brotherhood of Steel, which is sort of similar to what they did in Fallout 3, except it was your dad, not exactly you. Uh -huh. Or you're currently a part of the Brotherhood of Steel. Because the Brotherhood seemed to be this major faction in the Fallout universe. Yeah, they kind of are. For a long time they were seen as the good guys. See, this is one of the things that baffles me, because I've been catching up on Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas, and... In Fallout 3, you have the Brotherhood of Steel, who seem to be the good guys, and yet you've got them battling the Enclave, which seem to be working for the President. So, I'm kind of confused from when the Brotherhood started becoming these bad guys, almost in the eyes of the government, so to say, and then you've got the Enclave, who I have no idea who they are. I don't know much about them. Well, I've actually gone into, because I've been so hyped for, um... I believe everyone's been hyped for Fallout 4. Oh yeah, because I've been so hyped for it, because I'm a big Fallout fan. I put over 2,000 hours into freaking 3. Lots of hours into New Vegas. Don't know how many exactly. Um, I played 1, I played 2 to completion, as well as 1. I played Tactics to completion. I almost beat Brotherhood, but, um... He broke problem. the disc. Shut up! I didn't do it! <laughs> My fingers did it! <laughs> anyway. But I, I know a good bit of the Fallout lore. And I must say, to whoever made the lore of Fallout, kudos, man! I am a professional fucking role player. What you did, not many people do. You did very well explaining how the world was as it was and going into very little, every little detail about it. I will give you kudos on that. Didn't they do that with the Elder Scrolls? Big problem was, Oh, here we go. Well, big problem was, what people forget is, Bethesda did not make Fallout 1, 2, Tactics, and Brotherhood. They had no association with the games. Those were made by a small little indie company known as Intrigue, who, after... The Fallout games. Fallout 3 was supposedly announced by them. However, this was only in the effort to make money because the company, with a new owner who made a lot of shitty games, was just driving them into nothing. However, the old owner of the company was going on to start his own little uh, gaming company. Once again, which is much better known nowadays as Obsidian. Which made, which helped make 
Fallout in Vegas. And I'm sure Oni knows this company because it was him and his little company that made uh, Knights of the Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic 1, 2, and so on. Oh, yeah, they did as well. I love those RPG games. Yeah. And that was by him. That was by the guy that made Fallout 1, 2, Tactics, and... Uh... Um, just because you had to bring them up. When you can make a character that, in my mind, surpasses Darth Vader, you have done good. And if anyone oh, yeah. can guess who that is, and by the way, it's not Malak. Malak I like. But what he did with Revan, that was brilliant. Yeah, and you just gave everybody the answer. I don't your care. Question. I don't care. I haven't told them exactly what happens to Revan. <laughs> you want to know what happens to Revan, he or she? If you want to know what happens to Revan, go play the game. <laughs> or look it up on YouTube. Or that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Probably anyway. Anyway. Going back um, to Fallout. Yeah. But uh, those games were amazing. Then the new company was just about to destroy the whole franchise, made a lot of fans angry. Then Bethesda went, hmm, you know, we just completed Oblivion. We did really good. We got a lot of money. We do like Fallout. We are big fans of it. Let's buy the, the franchise. And they bought it for $7.5 million. And turned around and made Fallout 3. Possibly one of the best RPG apocalyptic survivals I've ever played. Yeah, and you know how much money they made back from that game? I'm gonna guess... To date, they've made over $50 million. Fucking, I was about to say around about five times what they originally used. Yeah, more than that, my friend. Mm. And with New Vegas? <laughs> they made some money. Like, this was one and of they've the done things. an incredible I played, job. I played Fallout New Vegas quite a lot, and then I went back to play Fallout 3 because I saw the trailer for Fallout 4. You know how in Fallout New Vegas you actually aim down the sights, and in Fallout yeah. 3 you just get this zoom? I don't know. I still prefer looking down the actual sights of the weapon, but for some reason I did like that it zoomed in because of the whole nostalgia thing. Yeah. And this sort of goes into how the games sort of change and what we can expect from Fallout because I know Bethesda, I know Obsidian, I know what they've done, I know what they've worked with, and the time and effort they put into making their games, I can only imagine how Fallout 4 is going to turn out. Well, I've actually looked into a lot about Fallout, mm -hmm. and honestly, to anyone who wants to find out more, maybe pick up some things I haven't, go to the YouTube channel Yong Yeah, because it's literally uh, Yong, Y-O-N-G, yeah, self-explanatory. And he did an amazing job breaking down what is Fallout 4, what's going to be in it. It's kept very much up to date. He even kept up with all the little secret messages Bethesda was leaking out. So, and hints that Bethesda was leaking to Fallout 4. And, uh, literally, I've learned that there's going to be, um... Build, base building. There is going to be base building, finally. No more needing to get a mod <laughs> to build your own base. There's going to be armor building. Like, you can literally craft your armor from the ground up. Pretty much imagine 
You mean the power armor? No, any armor. I was wondering that because when the in the trailer that was well, what in the trailer the power armor you see hanging that was their hint of you can craft and build yeah, your own armor. The one of the gauntlets is on the table, still not fully finished. Yeah. But you can build your own armor now. Like, you can ground up, build your armor, color it how you want, all of that. Which I think is awesome! And you can do the same with weapons! You can make your own unique weapons again! Which is amazing! Now, I'm not sure on how they're timing it. Um, I do know that the main voice actor for the Fallout might be doing the voice of the protagonist. And there's a lot of mixed opinions of, well, why would you want to voice a protagonist? Why would you do that? Like, from a role-playing aspect, which is what a lot of people are playing Fallout, it's like, if you give him a voice, you're kind of cutting back on your own mark on this character. You're giving them his own thought and feeling towards the character. I've never been a big fan of voices in RPGs, and Yong Ye actually explains the whole voice thing um, really well, and he even gives the, the example of Mass Effect. Mass Effect, despite being an incredible RPG, due to his voice and how his voice acts and interacts and sounds and all that, it kind of makes you feel a little more limited on your own design and mark on who and what this character is. You know? I can agree with that because they did the same with Dragon Age, didn't they? In Dragon Age Origins you had the silent yeah. protagonist. Dragon Age Origins is still to this day possibly my favorite RPG. And then in Dragon Age 2, despite all the crap people give Dragon Age 2, like even I give a crap, but I still like the game. But because Hawk had his own voice, I did sort of feel he was becoming his own character, that he wasn't really a combination of both the player and what they create. Yeah. However, I will say this. Voiced protagonists in RPGs come out with some of the funniest lines I've ever heard. True enough. Like, this is what I've noticed as well. Whenever they do a voice actor for a protagonist in an RPG, either they make that character as funny as hell and really amusing or they go way into really becoming this character. Like, they literally create a tone, a baseline, a whole range of emotions yeah. depending on how you're going to play the character. Here's what's good, though. In Fallout, there is a possibility that they're going to do similar to what they did in Saints Row 3, 4, and so on, mm -hmm. which is you can change what the voice is or make them silent. I think they're actually going to be giving you an option to, is my character going to have his own voice? Am I going to give him my own voice? Uh, can I have him have no voice and just dialogue? Which I think is a good idea. You know, that branches it open a little bit, gives them a little more availability. What I don't like, though, is the possibility that your character might be somewhat pre-made. Hmm. That was a big downfall with Dragon Age 2. Your character oh, wasn't yeah. your own. You could edit him and shit, but it wasn't anywhere near like was, being able was, to pick from all the species. That was, one of the major things I missed from Origins that went into Fallout 2 was I never played human. Like, I only played human once, and that was because of the different story uh, interactions you get when you actually get to the 
uh, what's it called now? The the mounts meeting or something like that. I can't remember yeah. what it is. But when you go to meet it to meet Terran Logan and you try to convince him to fight the Dark Spawn, do you remember the guy who um you fight in the dungeon? Yep. How? Yeah, how howl. If you play as a human noble, which is literally the only one you can play as, if you go oh, human. There's, uh, there's the human noble and there's the mage. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if you go human noble, there's a whole different story arc involving him. Which oh, is yeah. why I went human. Which is why I went human noble. But I mainly play Dalish Elf or Royal Dwarf. And I have to I have to say this. I made my dwarf as bloody Scottish as I could make him. <laughs> Like, I don't know if I made him Scottish or Irish, I just uh, seem to blend the two together because I'm not joking now. I had him dressed in barbarian-type gear, holding a battle axe, and whenever he went into battle, I used to make him try, I used to drink, like, in real life, and just go, Come here, you bloody bastards! <laughs> uh, I made him as offensively Irish or Scottish as I could make him because I don't care. That is how I see dwarves. If I see dwarves in fantasy, they are that. Honestly, the best dwarves I've ever seen in fantasy, and I have written my own like version of dwarves and dwarven RP, blah, 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 blah. But honestly, Lord of the Rings, um, the Battle of the Five Armies, I think it is, the dwarf who shows up and he's making the elves, the humans, and even the orcs tremble. And next thing you know, he's in battle, he's headbutting him, he's flopping him, swinging his axe. That, to me, is a dwarf. But there's a I dwarf, love dwarves. There's a dwarf character I have in the story series I'm writing, the Bayfar series, called Hovren. And Hovren, otherwise known as Ulfren Stoneheart, he is this lovable tiny dwarf, but an orc was picking on a friend of his and his friend was a kid he walks up behind the orc he has his forge hammer he walks up behind him he taps him on the spine the orc turns down and starts laughing he just goes so you like to laugh at shorter people do you he swings his hammer and knocks the orc in the balls <laughs> the orc crouches down he grabs his neck and just goes i may be small lad but i can still bring you down to your knees <laughs> and then he whacks him across the face with the hammer, cracking his jaw. <laughs> I don't know. That why, reminds me. I always. That reminds me of like the that. show. Um, there was a movie called The Country Bears. Horrible movie, but well, at least to me. But um, and there's this really fat bear, and the guy's trying to talk to him, and the bear's like, "Hey, what's that over there?" Guy turns around. Guy looks back. Bear's already on the balcony, like, "Hey." I'm fat, but I can still move. <laughs> no, it's oh, actually god. it was the uh, I'm tubby, but I'm fast. Uh, oh god. Okay, back to Fallout, and I do have to ask this because I'm pretty sure everybody's going to be wondering this. What factions, what groups do you expect to see in Fallout? Pretty much, the Brotherhood is confirmed. The Brotherhood is Brotherhood still... is confirmed. Um, I'm sure they're gonna have like factions unique to Boston, just like they had factions unique to the Mojave. Yeah, like I they had like the Great Cons, they yeah. had the Bombers. The Kings. I liked the Bombers. They they were interesting and unique. I liked the Kings because like... of the whole Elvis thing. <laughs> oh, I had to kill them every time I play the game. I wipe them out. I just thought they were funny. At best, at best, I do their quests and then kill them all. 
I did their quest line just to get Rex. Yeah, I've never gotten Rex just because I kill them all. I can't wait. It's like uh, I hear him trying to be Elvis, and I'm like, I, I. I, 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 <laughs> no, and when I not. come out of my system error, I just look around all the dead bodies like... No, it's just like, it's like a Windows error. You're just like, I, 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 does not compute, does not compute, does not compute, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, and then it just says, Nylon EXE has ceased to function. Please reboot. Nylon EXE. And when it's rebooted, I come back and they're all dead. I'm like, whoopsie. Nylon.exe has shut down prematurely due to a system error. Please reboot. Yeah, pretty much that's what happened. Then the little I never man, liked the Kings, just because I, of how much their voices get to me. I'm like, Argh! I thought the Kings were funny. Like, not funny funny, but they were amusing to me. No, you know who I thought was funny? Who? The Brains That Big Mountain. Oh, the, um, that's in the DLC, isn't it? The Think Tank DLC. Yeah, when, I'm sorry, but when they go, are those penises on its feet? I'm like, what? And then he's like, keep your penis-tipped feet out of our labs. And I'm just cracking up on the other end, like, oh my god. When I first finally, obtained... they're willing to say penis in Fallout. When I first saw those guys, you know what my initial reaction was? Holy shit, brains in the jar. No, I wanted to literally go into the game and go. You, all of you, have spent too much time as brains. So since <laughs> you guys like to create shit, here's what I'm going to go. Here's what I'm going to offer you to do. They already did it in Fallout with the synths. Fallout 3, they had the synthetics. So why don't you guys build your own robotic bodies? I want to walk around as people instead of, you know, floating brains in a jar just asking me to shoot you. Target practice! Boink, boink, boink. But now you find out why you're not supposed to like them and why. Well, not yeah. so not supposed to like them, but not. You shouldn't help them because they want to go out into the world and turn everyone into lobotomites and shit. Yeah, I can understand that. When I, I wasn't even really, like, when they were talking, I had a higher intelligence than them. Yeah. I'm just like, Logan, guys, I just introduced Logan to Fallout, and I introduced him to New Vegas because it's the newest one. He got to that part, and I saw his eye twitching, looking at me like, seriously? <laughs> he loves the game, but that part was just making his brain go... <laughs> These guys are meant to be the smartest people in the world. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, but the smartest person in all of Fallout, of New Vegas at least, was Ulysses. That was the um, the guy in the Sierra Madre, wasn't it? No, that's Lonesome Road. Sierra Madre was Father Elijah. Oh, yeah, that was it. It's been a long time since I've done the DLC on Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. I let, but sadly, my favorite character out of every one of them on New Vegas, even more than the protagonist sometimes, was Joshua Graham. The Burn. Oh, the Burn Man. He was badass. And not only that, but he was flawed. Actually, I think I, oh, know, I, think I know one better than him. Yo, mama. No, you know how Joshua leads the Sorrows? Yeah. I'm gonna tell you this now. There is a video 
about this guy, and his name is called Ra and his name is Randall Clark, right? Uh -huh. I'm gonna tell you this now. He is long dead by the time the sorrows are around. But here's one of the things I say he has more of an impact, and he's already dead at this point. If it weren't for him helping a group of children learn to read and defend themselves, the sorrows would never be there. Oh, he's the the father in the caves. I know what who the you're talking about. The father I literally, of the caves. Yeah, I literally got so interested in his story that I started looking through the caves, reading all the messages. Like I would sit and read every yep. single thing. He was an amazing the character. The father, Randall Clark. Yeah, and he left them think he was some kind of god so that they would behave. Yeah, and when you actually read into his storyline, you see how much of a broken man he was. And yeah, he pulled it all back. Oh yeah, yeah. He was, if not for him being dead, I would have said he's my favorite character in the whole game. Yep, and it just goes to show you that they really did care when they were making that DLC. Oh, they yeah. put in a lot of work. Like, even like, before Zion came out, even before that came out, you had, the, you had the legend of Joshua Graham, you had the legend of the Burnt Man already there. Oh yeah. And they expanded upon it, just like they expanded upon it in Lonesome Road. And, in fact, every DLC they had, there was a hint to it in the vanilla game. Because you had, um... Yeah. The scribe with the power fist who talked about Father Elijah. You had the owner of the courier who spoke about the courier before you. Yeah. And you had, um... People in the Legion, including Caesar, who talked about Joshua. Yep. So every hint, every DLC that came out, there were hints to it already in the vanilla game that they expanded upon. Mm-hmm. And that's what made it such a great experience, because you would hear about these things, and then you get the DLCs, and you get to experience a fraction of them. I will admit, the moment I, met, the moment I first met Joshua Graham and I realized who he was, I did kind of freak out. Because like, oh my god! This guy is covered in bandages, and he starts speaking, and the moment he mentions Caesar, I was like, <gasps> It's the burnt man! They kind of hinted at that when they gave you the opening cutscene thing. I know, I know. <laughs> but I still didn't realize it was him. <laughs> Until... I would have been the one that bonked you over the head going, It's him! What? Uh, his voice actor was amazing. His voice actor was awesome. I liked him. And he put a good amount of emotion into Joshua. He became Joshua Graham. But another thing it shows as well is the character doesn't have to be alive to have been important to the lore and the world. Take, for example, yeah. Randall Clark. The guy was dead, but without him, the sorrows would never really be there. Zion wouldn't be what it was. But it was an incredible DLC. It was a great DLC. And with Fallout 4, I'm eager to see what they do with it. Because I know they're going to have their natural like factions to the game. I know they're going to hint out. Because they're really good at hinting at stuff. They, they perfected that. They hinted at Fallout 4 coming out not long after Fallout 3. You can actually look on Yong Ye's channel. He actually talked about there was an entire fan website dedicated to deciphering the hidden messages that Bethesda launched about Fallout 4. 
because long before the game was came out and was confirmed and all that, they had already decided it was going to be in Boston, and they had hinted it in messages. And from what I'm telling of um, from the hints, the map is going to be larger than any Fallout game has had. It'll be larger than the Skyrim map. That was a pretty large map. Yeah, so it's gonna be huge. Here's one thing I do. Here's and I did bring this up earlier, but I wonder what sort of natural groups they're gonna have in because you're gonna have the Brotherhood of Steel, obviously. Oh yeah. And if you've got the Brotherhood of Steel, nine times out of ten, you're gonna have the Enclave as well. At least some presence of the Enclave. Yeah, they even had them in New Vegas. The remnants. Yeah, the remnants, which I never got to meet. I tried so hard to meet them, but I never met them. There's. You have to get the companion at the yeah, port Mormon. But he is such a dick. I, I know. I find him insufferable. Like, I'm not even joking. I walked up to him. He mentioned Edie, and I'm just like, Edie, can you wait outside? So I walk back in. He just goes, what do you want? And I just went, I am so sorry. And I beat that guy within an inch of his life. <laughs> I just find I... him so insufferable. I know, he was such a pain in the ass, but one of those funny, what? I still prefer him over Boone. Oh, God. And people might say, oh, Boone was amazing, Boone was this, Boone had so much suffering. I know Boone's backstory, I did complete all his quests, just because I was curious why he was such a dick. And I agree, the character was perfectly made for how his story was. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. However... He was annoying to me at times. <laughs> you know, it's like the and I hated the NCR. I always hate the NCR. I can't stand them. I I'm not saying I prefer the Legion. Well, I actually do. I actually do really like the Legion. The Legion is, if not for the fact that I could have, I could just go solo and conquer the Mojave myself, or leave it all in utter anarchy. I would join the Legion. The Roman gimmick as well, I just find so appealing for some reason. Yeah, but, and here's what's funny. People say the Legion are evil because of the slavery and such. Let me put it to you this way. Let me ask you personally. Do you think that the old empire, Rome, was evil? Wait, uh, which old empire or Rome are we talking about here? Like, which stage of it? Because Rome, Caesar. The old Caesar Rome. Okay, because if you had said Caligula, I would have gone, that guy was fucking nuts. <laughs> no, I'm talking about when there was still the Broody Eye, yeah, the yeah, Julii, yeah, yeah. and yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Skeppy Well, this, this, this goes back to one of the previous episodes where we talked about evil and that evil doesn't see itself as evil. Yeah. So, in the eyes of a Roman, they see themselves as superior. Good, yeah. Which... Mm -hmm. You have to admit, throughout history, there have been those who have seen themselves as superior. Yeah. So, it pretty much, I when I fight the Legion, I don't see me as fighting these evil people. Because people can say slavery is evil and that. Slavery's been around for so many years. America did it. The, the, yeah, the African slave trade was so profitable back then. Hell, and Romans had slaves from everywhere, even other Romans. Exactly. Romans had slaves, the Greeks had slaves, the tribes had slaves. Hell, George Washington had slaves. Exactly. He was writing the 
Declaration of Independence saying equal equality and and whatnot for all men, and then he would turn and go, "Nigger, get me a sandwich." <laughs> and that's not racist; it's true. That is true. That is actually pretty true. He had slaves, and I doubt he treated them with equality, or they wouldn't have been a slave. What? Now here's the difference between slavery. There is evil slavery, which is you beat the shit out of your slave, you don't feed them, you make them fuck for your amusement, yada, yada, yada. And then there's well-kept slaves, because there were slaves in those times that were that lived better and were treated better than some of the lower nobility. Like, you can get examples of that right out of the frickin' show Spartacus. There were slaves that were treated like frickin' nobility. That was the point I was gonna bring up, because you hear about all these stories about Roman gladiators, how they were like these pinnacles of warriors, these amazing warriors that could rival the warriors yeah. of Sparta. Here's the thing, though. They were all slaves. Yeah. And they loved being gladiators. They were gods of the arena. Put it this way, if you were successful in the gladiatorial arena, you had wealth, popularity, and you could fuck as many women as you wanted. Or men. There or were men, female or gladiators. Your choice, or your choice. Or your choice, sorry. So, But here's what's funny. Here's what's funny. They lived like kings. They were popular. They were loved. They had booze, money, women. Men. Shit, I'm surprised any of them would want to go free. They would just go, I live like a king and I don't have to do shit. I might as well just stay here. Kill more people. Here's the thing as well, though. People will say slavery is, uh, what do they call it? They say it's inhuman or something like that. Here's the thing, though. Some of the slaves that won their freedom, do you know what they ended up becoming? What? They did go free, but they ended up joining the army. Hmm? They ended up joining the Roman army for the sole reason... They had fought for so long that fighting was all they knew, and they fought pretty damn well. So They, they fought better than the trained soldiers. So Why do you think Spartacus soldier? managed to rise an army that made Rome tremble? Are you not entertained? No, that wasn't Spartacus. I don't care, I still love that line. That was the movie The Gladiator, and that was a totally different subject. I don't care. <laughs> but it was an amazing line. movie. It was an amazing movie. I'll give it that. And the only thing I didn't like was who they picked for, like, the bad guy. I didn't like him. Mm. He well, could have done also, This also goes to, well, Roman had its... Roman had the, Rome had the Colosseums, right? Rome had the Colosseums. They had the gladiators. If you yeah. were a kid in ancient Sparta, you were pretty much like a gladiator. Pretty much. You were raised to be like a gladiator. They would and if you look you. at even, like, ancient Macedonia... Ancient Macedonia, it was similar to Sparta, however, there was one difference. That difference being, you were better fed. That's it. You were better fed. In Sparta, however, you can look it up. In Sparta, you, as far as food, you got what you earned. Water, you got what you earned. Survival, you slept in the cold. It was literally, they made you go through hell so you could come out on top. That would have been
even in a society, even demons would go, I respect these humans. There was this whole thing, I can't remember what I watched, but there was this animated show I watched, and it was similar, it was like a gladiatorial thing. But it was about this teenage kid who did a crime, and he got put into the Colosseum to fight for his survival. And at the end of the series, they did the short because he had grown up and he had won his freedom and he had rejected it. He wanted to stay as a gladiator. And the narrator, who had an amazing voice by the way, he said, A boy taken from the streets of civilization, dropped into the pit of beasts, and bathed in the blood of those he slaughtered, has now become the king of the beasts in the land of civilization. Yep. Which was essentially what he became. He became the king of the beasts. I hear that, Soda. That is my coke. Stop doing cocaine! I was trying... I was about to do a bloody Scarface impression, but it would just come out as the Godfather. Ah. <laughs> I'm not joking. I do... Say hello to my little friend! I do a pretty... Oh, oh... Seriously? Okay, do that again, I dare you. <laughs> do that again. My name is Tony Montana, mate. Mr. Tony Montana, you come yes. to my family and you ask me for forgiveness. Why should I forgive you after the atrocities you have brought upon my family? Fuck all your cockroaches! <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I... Al Pacino, despite being my favorite actor, now says, "You asshole!" Oh, uh, how did I know I you? Were... How do I know you were gonna come out with that line? <laughs> uh... I get all of you cockroaches. <laughs> oh, Tony Montana. Montana. Whatever. <laughs> Montana. Okay. Anyway. Montana is Malone. Right. Anyway, back to Fallout because we keep getting sidetracked. Granted, that's how we started this series. We did say we were going to ramble. Oh, yeah, but we got started with this year's side-tracking yeah. So, here, here's a good one, here's a good one. Here's a good one to get us focused. What are you expecting from Fallout 4? And what would you like there to be in Fallout 4? Honestly, I would like in Fallout 4 for you to be able to kind of, like, take over territory, almost. Kind of like take over territory, take over factions, similar to like in Elder Scrolls, and like actually be able to claim territory, put outposts, start your own faction. What sort of like what they did in um, well, sort of what they laid the foundations for in New Vegas, where you went and sort of gained the allegiances of the other minor factions, like the Cons, like the Bombers. Yeah, like but you became really... the king of the hobby. Yeah, but it never really expanded much on that. You just gained yeah. the trust, and that yeah. was it. Like, it would be cool if you could actually become the leader of a faction after a while. You could, like, gain the power, like, gain other factions to join you or become allies to you in diplomacy and uh, build outposts, defend them from raiders, all kinds of shit. I think that would be so fun. That would be so much fun. Yeah, it's a little strategy, but... Look at how many mods and how many people adore those mods where that's exactly what you do. You start your own faction. And also, if you're working with the Brotherhood of Steel and considering what I've seen as well, how you're going around in those aircraft carriers, yeah. there already seems to be a pretty strong presence 
in the mall in the area so who's to say they wouldn't expand yeah but um they have uh, i would another thing i want to see is i want to see um more music because after you hear the same songs about 50 times, you kind of want to blow your brains out. Yeah, that is true. But I do have to say this as well. I can understand why there is so little music. Yeah. That's with any game. Hell, even with, like, Grand Theft Auto, where there's yeah. so many songs, eh, you can only get so many. Yeah, but you don't you don't have to listen to them. Cost a lot. You don't have to listen to the songs. You can turn off the radio and just listen to the natural game music soundtrack, which is what yeah. I'm doing what? with Fallout 3. Because when I go down into the subways with all the ghoul, that score oh, yeah. that comes on is horrifying. Oh, yeah. But what I liked about New Vegas, when it came to New Vegas, there was one radio station I listened to as long as it was up, which is the Black Mountain Radio, How because it was it... funny. How did I know it was going to be the radio station run by the Super Mutants? <laughs> because they were funny. It's like, we have an important message for all humans to stay the hell away! I always broke into laughter because they had the dumbest and yet funniest conversations. The moment you said radio station in New Vegas, the first thing that came to my mind is Black Mountain. Yeah, but when it came to Fallout 3, for example, I loved listening to GNR. Galaxy News Radio. Free yeah. dog! But the reason I loved it so much was he kept track of your progress and your choices and he spoke about you. It gave you like this feeling of I do exist in this universe. You know? It made you feel a little more there. Let you immerse yourself. They've tried to do that in other games as well, I've noticed, where they try to make your actions impact the world but there's never really a way to feed that back to you, and yet in Fallout 3, they did that through Galaxy News Radio. And they did it great. They did it very good. I mean, it's even ex it even tells you that Free Dog keeps his nose to everything that happens in the Wasteland. Oh, yeah. So And plus, he's in good with the Brotherhood of Steel. And these guys have a pretty strong presence in the Capital Wasteland. Yeah. Um, what I... Then it really like about New Vegas was the fact that, yeah, it's a desert, it's supposed to have less life, but what I loved most about 3 was that constant feeling of danger. Like, every turn, there was ghouls in the subway, there were super mutants, there was raiders, it, you never felt alone, but you never felt safe. Some it felt the, like a wasteland. Some of the locations you went to as well really drove this point home. Oh yeah, like... If you went to the Dunwich building, oh man, that was tense. Wait, I'm not even that. Like you, When you do the quest for Maria in um, Megaton, and she asks you to go to Minefield to get to the playground, I got to the playground, a car blows up, I turn around, I'm like, what the hell? I completely forgot about the sniper. <laughs> so I'm like, what the hell is going around? Next thing I know, I get shot in the head and I die. I'm just like, what the hell just happened? Oh, Arcanas. Yeah. It was like it took a second for it to hit because I just stood up because I was crouched down. I turned on my light to see what was going on. And next thing I know, I'm falling to the ground dead. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like, that's what a wasteland is. A wasteland is constant danger, that always uncertainty. Like, when you went to Paradise Fall, even if you were evil as evil could be, you still always felt like you were being sized up. It's like, that was a place where, no matter who you were, you wanted to wear your biggest armor, have your biggest gun out, just because you felt like you had to be the big guy. You know? Yeah. Granted, I did love the freaking guy the that sells you the slave there. Oh, he was awesomely done. He was amazingly done. Tenpenny Tower, you felt safe, but not exactly safe. I'll tell you one place I did like and that brought that feeling of danger around every corner. And it is actually in New Vegas, and it is not the Forn. The Forn is a dangerous place, but it is not the place I'm on about. And you only really get this feeling, like you'll go there, you'll think you're safe, you'll think it is a very nice place, and then you find out about the history of it, and then you're just like, oh, shit. Is this and the Ultralux? You mean the White Glove Society? Yeah. Yeah. When I found out those guys were cannibals, I was looking at every single one of them, making no, making sure not one of them was look was was following me. And I pretty much wanted to get the hell out of there because I was like, I am not ending up as a meal. I am not ending up as a meal. I am not ending up as a meal. <laughs> but you want to know what's funny? I was the exact opposite. I heard they were cannibals. I'm like, oh, me too. <laughs> well, you can do I get... live here, please. You I always wanted to live there. You can, I believe. You get the quest line from Mortimer to get to turn. Yeah, but you can, I never yeah. found out how you can get the like the, the penthouse or whatever it is. I'm not. I think you have to complete all of them. I'm not too sure how it works. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. But I've always wanted to live there because not only was it the nicest looking, but I kind of liked it because it had that good front, but that sinister undertone, yeah. which is, like, what I specialize with when I write. Yeah, and those people who walk around in... I don't know if anybody else had this feeling, but when I showed up at the Ultralux, and this greeter talks to me in this really soft but creepy voice, and he's just there in this black tuxedo, white gloves, and this blank white mask, I found that unnerving as hell. Because <laughs> for some reason, it was just like, why are you wearing the mask? To hide the bloody teeth behind it. <laughs> oh, God. The White Glove Society. I loved them and got terrified by them at the same time. Yeah, but you know where I actually did get that, like, nostalgic feeling of danger but not danger? Where? The sewers of New Vegas. Ooh. Yeah. That was a good place. Yeah, I can agree to that. That actually you, made me feel like, oh. I'll tell you what I think is mm. the creepiest place in New Vegas. And it's almost a shame that it's a DLC, but it is the Sierra Madre. I found that place creepy as hell. I like it gave me back that feeling of, like, I don't know, it gave back that feeling of danger around every corner. That's what I liked so much about it. It was like, it brought back that feeling of, you're not safe. Around every corner, there's a possible thing waiting to kill you. <laughs> uh, the ghost people were just, they only added they were to amazing. the creepiness. They only added to it. 
Oh, they were amazing. I loved them. Dog and God as well. I liked Dog and God. Even though he was a fucking lunatic, I loved him. <laughs> I thought that would have been why you loved him, because he was a fucking lunatic. Honestly, not only that, but he was useful in a fight. But you want to know who surprisingly was my favorite of that DLC? Um, Sinclair? No, Catherine. Ah. She was my favorite. But when, when it comes to, um, how would you say it? When it comes to 4, I hope that they have those more background characters, not like Skyrim where they had a million companions, but they just all felt hollow and empty. Mm -hmm. They were just there for the sake of being there. I want it to be where they have companions, but they all have their own character. Sort of like the Fallout companions. Yeah, like Fallout 3. They're like, even Jericho from Megaton. Mm -hmm. You felt he had something more to him than you did... Uh, what do you call it? Like, new, like in Skyrim, you had uh, the, the companions. No matter which one you were with, they never really felt like a companion. They were just there. Yeah, that is true. I can't agree with that. But with, um... Isn't that why the there's so many companion mods for Skyrim? Yeah. yeah. Cassidy, though, Cassidy was awesome. I loved Cassidy. She was my favorite. Just yes. because once you got her to kill those fuckers, she became badass. I'll tell you who I liked. It was the Brotherhood of Steel Squire with the Power Fist. Who j all, that was Veronica. All she wanted was a pretty dress. <laughs> yeah, it was Veronica. For, I know, but for some reason I found that absolutely hilarious. And I just kept her around for that. <laughs> that and she was very good in a fist fight. Oh, yeah. Wait, if, I would have hoped so. I'm not even joking. A super mutant came running at me with a rebar club. I put down my sniper rifle and I'm just like, go ahead. Veronica runs at him, punches him once, his head explodes. Yeah, it's a good companion. And I'm there on my bed because my Xbox 360 is in my bedroom. I'm there in my bed and I'm just going, yeah, remind me never to piss off this woman. Or she'll punch you in the balls and blow them up. <laughs> oh, Johnny Cage, but worse. Much. But I did, I did like, I do want like better companions out of four. I love the base building. I hope they have the faction mm. thing that I'm, I brought up. I'm thinking you can, if the base building is in there, and if you are a part of the Brotherhood of Steel, I'm almost willing to bet that there will be some sort of interaction with the Brotherhood of Steel, so maybe you can lead a squad of Brotherhood of Steel knights? See, I like don't that. really like the Brotherhood. So I kind of hope you can get, like, e even if you just want to be a raider. Yeah, like, I know, I mean, there'll still be other companions, but I'm just hoping there'll be some more interaction with them. I just imagine if you end up creating your own faction from the companions you end up gathering. That, I think, would be pretty good. Yeah, I think that would be... That would be, um... 
Like, I've always, like, in my head, I've always done that. Like, my own little story in my head. Because, let's face it, anyone who roleplays out in their brain, even, their, like, Fallout experience, you kind of put things yeah, in there that yeah. are really there. And with me, it's always been my companions being there with me, helping me build a faction and all that. They kind of did that in other games as well, because, like, in Mass Effect, when you were walking around with two different companions, they interacted with each other. They had these funny conversations with each other. But they never really did much else. And then in New Vegas, you could gather your companions all in the penthouse of the mm -hmm. Lucky 38 Casino. It almost felt like you had a game. Yeah, but nothing really happened other than that. Like, you never really did much else other than you guys stay here, she or he's coming with me. That mm. was the only real thing you could do. So, in 4, I would personally like you to have your own little base, and you could gather up all your companions, and they each have their own sort of personalities and skills. And considering base building is apparently a big part of it as well, or well, at least a part of it, I would like you to be able to send out your companions to do quests, to like gather resources, to patrol, to mm. make it more alive. I do agree with that. Like, because like, then, like, it would be like, yeah. stay awake to make sure things stay safe and stuff like that, which you would do in a post-apocalyptic world. You would have someone yeah, awake, yeah. monitor things, and keep sure no one was trying to come kill you. If they did what they did in Fallout 3, where you got a super mutant as a companion, I'm sorry, I'm having that big motherfucker on patrol every single night. You had that in the uh, the in the Vegas. Yeah, but you had that in the Sierra Madre, didn't you, with God and Dog? No, you had one even in the default game. Where was he? Oh yeah, you had the you had the woman, didn't you? You had the woman. Yeah, Jacobstown. You had to yeah, go yeah, get yeah, her. Yeah, 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 yeah. The I one that remember. thought she was an old lady. Yeah, I remember now. But I kind of preferred the super mutant in Fallout 3, how he's in the vault. Yeah, I liked him. <laughs> I kind of prefer. I can't remember much about him, but I did prefer him. Yeah, he was a bit nuts. Yeah, I always expect every super mutant to be nuts, except for maybe Jacob. He was nice. I like him. Oh, I like him. But I you want to know what's funny? He's actually from the second game. Yeah, I know he is. He's from Fallout 2. Mm-hmm. And Fallout 3, where you meet Harold, the massive talking tree, he's from one of the older Fallout games, and you can actually interact with him in that game, and he's got a tree sprouting out of his head. Fall the Fallout universe links to the previous games in subtle ways or major ways like with Harold, because if you ever see Harold, if you've played one of the previous Fallout games and then you see Harold and then you, he tells you how he had a tree growing out of him, you're just going to be like, <gasps> I met you. God, you have changed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like Fallout 4, they have so much potential. Mm. The thing I don't like is the rumor of not only your character being voiced and possibly made in a some way, I really hope they yeah. leave that open, like they have done with all the other games, but um, also the world starting to heal as Yong Ye said, because of how it looks. Yeah. I because then what happens if the world starts to recover? I want it to. I want my wasteland. <laughs> well, you, I think what they could do with Fallout Four is similar to what they did with Mass Effect, whereas your decisions in the previous games carry over. So, like, you remember your work with Project Purity in Fallout 3? 
honestly, I, I'm not sure how they would do that, because Young Man made that assumption of maybe Project Purity, because of it, the world is starting yeah, to you can cover. See, you can see what I'm going on about, can you? You can yeah, see how but the, I, these but other interactions then, happens. Even then, I still don't like it, because <laughs> the only reason I ever did Project Purity only reason was because so I could finish the quest. Mm. I didn't like the Brotherhood. In fact, in Broken Steel, when I got the option, I blew up the Brotherhood. I blew up the fucking, uh, their, their base. The Citadel. Yeah. And I said, serves you right! I hate being forced to work with the good guys. No, but you can sort of see how I think it's going to link into, like, these previous games with everything that happened. Because they've done it with Jacob, they've done it with Harold, they've done it with other characters as well. Yeah. So it wouldn't be that far-fetched to say that the world is beginning to heal because of Project Purity, because of everything else that's happened. Hell, you could even say Harold has been spreading if you did the quest that helped that make him grow. Hmm. But then again, saying that, you could end up turning Fallout from an apocalyptic type survival game into a survival game, but in a more wild world, where it's all overgrown, and everything is still in shit, but it's a little more civilized. I don't yeah, see how that would work. would just say it's ripping, it's ripping off... Um... What do you call it? Uh, oh, Far Cry. No, I would have to say The Last of Us. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you can see how I'm. You can see what made that connection with Harold and Project Purity. Mm. I don't know. I, as far as The Last of Us, I say nice. Like The Last of Us was a good game, it had a lot of emotion, a lot of work put into it, I will give it some kudos, they did a great job, but as far as an apocalyptic world goes, despite that one being more, like, believable, if you actually go look at the lore and whatnot to Fallout, it's very believable, because he actually went into the detail of explaining how everything was possible, but I still say, as far as an apocalyptic game goes, I will still prefer my Fallout. I think everybody will prefer Fallout. Um, I don't know. It depends on how story-driven you are. Yeah, but I can also see how they can't leave it as an apocalyptic wasteland, because if they're going off of what people would do, there and we covered this in our own apocalyptic survival thing that we talked about, there will always be people who try to have some semblance of civilization and order, and as it goes away from that initial point then it's only going to become a sort of pseudo-civilization. But one thing I do find that they could do is they could finish Fallout, or at least the American side of Fallout, and then take you to China. Uh, I don't know, some people would disagree with that, and I'm one of them because a lot of the appeal of Fallout has been the old, like, retro world 
America feeling, that Americana, yeah. like 50s and such I feeling. I understand that, but I'm just and going moving off of to whole... another part of the world might. Yeah, but I'm just going change. off of that whole aspect of trying to keep this wasteland feel of it. I know. See, this is the thing. If you go too far, you're going to run out of options and you're going to end up disappointing quite a few people. So there's only really so far you can go before you make a change that people will not agree with. This is true. This is true. Sad, but true. We, it is a stern reality that Fallout is not going to last forever. It's not going to be like fucking Call of Duty where there's like nine installments or something like that. Yeah. Then again, what they could do is like with Ulysses... I, um, I, I kind of did launch the nukes at the NCR and Legion. <laughs> so they could make it so that it would take your save data from, like, New Vegas and 3, and then it would modify the game to whatever, you know, yeah. you did in the last couple. I think that would be really interesting. That's sort of what I was talking about with Project Purity as well, but you're going on about the player-controlled choices, not just the game-controlled oh, yeah. choices. Oh, yeah. So, come on, you gotta admit, that would be very appealing to see, like, it would be pretty choices in a whole other game starting to show later on. It would be pretty amusing if you're walking around in Fallout 4 and all of a sudden you hear about... You hear about the King of the Mojave Wastes. And then you talk to the person and you're just like, so who's this king? He's the person who destroyed both the NCR and the Legion and then built up an army of robots. <laughs> mm-hmm. That would be f amusing as hell to listen to because then you'd just be like, I did that! You're like, yep, yeah, I did that. Whoopsie! <laughs> but that would make the world seem more alive and organic, but the point, the one thing I have to point out is what is the time difference between these installments? That is what I'm not yet sure on. Because I'm not even too sure what the difference is between Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas. I'm not even sure if there is a time difference. But considering Fallout 4 and the state of Fallout New Vegas and Fallout 3, I'm guessing it's a little bit after them too. If it does link in with, like, Project Purity and all that, which I'm gonna guess it does. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sold on that yet. Because if you actually look at Yongye's videos, he points out in one area they seem to have what looks like a water purification spot. Why, why would they need that if water was being purified naturally? That is true. He points out a lot of good little details, which is why I support watching his videos on this so much, because it gives you a good idea of, hmm, he brought up a good point there. Why would they do that, or hint that there, or do that there, when that wouldn't, become, that wouldn't come into effect? You could, all, you could almost say that Fallout 4, Fallout New Vegas are going along alongside Fallout 3. Mm -hmm. So while the Vault Dweller in Fallout 3 is going on doing all this searching for his dad in Project Purity, the Courier is doing everything he's doing nah, in Protagonist nah. in Fallout 4. They, they've already said that New Vegas happens years later, like after Fallout 3. Oh, uh, okay, that makes sense. Was any water irradiated in New Vegas? 
Oh yeah, there was lots. But well, how they explained it, and I do agree, because of how the Hoover Dam worked with the turbines taking in the water to make the energy, yeah. it actually cleaned the water. So while after the dam where it was being shot out was clean water, behind it was all dirty. And if you actually go check, it is like that. So this brings us on to our next topic, which is the future of Bethesda. So after Fallout 4, what do you think Bethesda will be working on next? Do you think they'll be working on DLC, or do you think they'll be working on a new Elder Scrolls installment? I think they might go for the new Elder, for a new Elder Scrolls installment, because there's already been talk about that. Because usually it goes Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Elder Scrolls, Fallout. So it's only natural to assume once Fallout or one or the other is done, expect the next one to be coming soon. You know? So if they did start working on a new Elder Scrolls installment, what do you think it would be? What do you think the next Elder Scrolls installment would be? Honestly? Seeing as they've done so many uh, places in that world, I'm starting to think they might do it with a mixture of lands. Like, they might do elsewhere, and... But similar to what they... Well, not they, but similar to what happened in Elder Scrolls Online, how you could visit the different provinces. Yeah, they might do it where there's more lands you can go to. Like, at certain quests, you can, say, charter a boat that takes you to go visit... Uh... Hammerfell? Cyrodiil, or... Whatever. I'm not sure. But I do think they might, with that, try and bring in more than one place at a time. Personally, I think it would be very interesting to go see Black Marsh. Because they have the war there between the Argonians and the Dark Elves. It's almost like they were setting it up. Can I ask, what places have they done? They've done Cyrodiil, they've done Morrowind, they've done they've Skyrim. They've Cyrodiil, Morrowind, Skyrim... Uh, I don't remember what the first two games were. I think though. they've done Hammerfell. I'm not too sure if they actually sure. have done Hammerfell, but I'm, I I'm not sure. I'm not as I'm not as informed with Elder Scrolls as I am. But I don't uh, think they've ever done an Elder Scrolls with um, Black Marsh. I don't think they've done that. No, I don't think so. But it would be interesting, especially because it almost seems like they were. Like setting it up because they were bringing it up so much the war with the Dark Elves and the Argonians. So you reckon it might take place there? Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm willing to bet that it'll probably take place there. I could see that happening. Because it makes sense, because they were building it up so much. Plus, with the war between the Dark Elves and the Argonians, it's almost like they have so much to play with there that part of you kind of is suspecting it already. Yeah. I will say this, though. If they do do it and the war between the Dark Elves and the Argonians is a key factor in that, don't do it how you did the Empire versus Stormcloaks. Oh. Don't do it like that. Elf. That was just no. Don't get me wrong, I did like the massive battles that you got into. I did enjoy that a little bit, but don't... They could have done better. They could have done a lot better. 
I really wish they had done better because they I don't know. I think honestly I enjoyed the side faction quests more than I did the actual like the actual Empire and Stormcloaks. I loved the Dark Brotherhood factions. They did amazing on that one. I loved that one. What was the main the faction that I enjoyed? The companions I didn't care for. Nah, I didn't ever. I think I didn't like. Companions. What was the main factions I enjoyed? The Dark Brotherhood. The uh, who were the werewolves? That was the companions. The companions I did enjoy. I thought that was okay. Could have done a little bit more. The Dark Brotherhood I already mentioned, but I did like them. I tell you who I did find they did pretty well, and you're probably going to disagree with this, but. This is not what they've done to the lore. This is not what they did to the appearance. It's just the whole way it worked. The vampires. I will actually agree they did okay as far as story. As yeah. far as lore That's why I'm stuff? saying disregard no. everything else. Just think about the story and the way it worked. Yeah. That, I'll agree they did good. That was one of the more immersive ones. Even Dawnguard had a little bit like that. That I, was Dawnguard. No, I mean the Dawnguard faction, not the DLC. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, that I'll agree with. I just preferred the vampires because, hey, I like vampires. Make me one of you. Yeah. And again, it did give you buffs to, like, being a werewolf, too, but... That is true. I, I still didn't really care for... I still didn't really care for the, um... Some of it, I, I will end up at, you can already guess what parts of it I had my issues with, but... Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. <laughs> kind of guessing already. In, but in the long run, I didn't really like a couple parts of the story. Like, there was one part, uh, what was it? The part where you actually go into the, the, the... the ooh, what did they call it? I think it was the Void or whatever. Oh, when you're going for her mother. Yeah, that I did like. That I thought was okay. That I did find I, I did like that. What I didn't like the dragon. was like... I thought the dragon yeah, was Yeah, he, was he wasn't right. that tough. He wasn't that tough. No, I just thought he was okay. His design I thought was pretty good as well. Oh, his design was amazing. I like that. Mm -hmm. What I didn't like was... How do I explain it? That like wood thing the where you had to chip the wood off and get the moths and... All that. Oh, I the, um, that was convenient. The um, the gray moth or whatever they call not the gray moth. I'm thinking of the gray wardens. The um, the monk of the moths or something like that. The people who read the scrolls. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, you have to. You get the scroll. You find the monk. He tells you how to read it. Then you have to use this special tool to cut off the bark to get the moths around you, and then you can read the scroll. I remember that. Yeah, I, I didn't really care for that. I felt that was a little too convenient. Yeah, then it's kind of like, I came here to find a spot that lets you read the scrolls. I thought, yeah. I thought if you were going to play as the vampires, like the moment I heard about this, I thought, does that mean we get to invade? <laughs> I would have loved... I was actually hoping to actually be able to invade the humans... I thought As if you vampire. were the vampires, if you were the vampires, I would have loved if you could invade the monks of the moth or whatever they're called. 
and be like, we are here to read the scroll. And you have to have this massive babble, but it never happened. Just felt a little bit too inconvenient. I can agree with you there. Yeah. I had really been hoping for like massive invasion. Actually, that vampires brings up, versus that, humans. That brings shit. it up as well. You did do. They almost did. They did it similar to how they did the Empire versus Stormclose, and how they did the vampires versus the Dawn Guard. It could have been a lot better, in my mind. Oh yeah. I did like how it was more in-depth with how you gathered the people, how you went to these different areas, how you interacted different as well. Harkin as well, I thought he was good. I liked him. He was good. I liked him as a, as a character. I thought Harkin was pretty good. And I will say this. Skyrim can have as many companions as it wants. They don't really have as much uh, personality or any to speak of. But the yeah, companion you get in Dawnguard, the companion you get in Dawnguard, by far the best one you get in the game. Oh yeah, she was very well done, and by far the the, the most in-depth, because most of it you've got a feel for her, but in the end when she gets mad, she goes evil. When she You see that dark yeah, side come the, out, and the, I got so giddy. The snow elf as well. Yeah. What she does to him. Oh yeah. Here's another thing as well, here's what I liked as well, when they brought in the Snow Elves, and I was there, I saw this guy who was the Snow Elf, he became the Vampire Snow Elf, and as she was there talking to him, one thing ran through my mind is, so this is what the Falmer used to be. What happened to them? <laughs> I don't know. It's like the Falmer have been a big part of uh, Elder Scrolls for a long time now, but they've never really said per se what happened. They never showed it. They never showed what a Falmer looks like. It's really making me go, Arr! They're the Snow Elves. The Snow Elves you meet are them before they became whatever the bloody hell they did. Before they became these blind, underground-dwelling assholes. Yeah. But I'm not too sure about the lore of what happened to them, but I think they had a war with the Dwemer. Yeah, I want to know more about the Dwemer. Because of, like, the lack of information about them, a lot of people are just assuming, oh, well, they're just dwarves by another name, or this, or that, when by the lore itself it already says they were not dwarves. So it really makes me go, well, what the hell were they? Give us some information! I'm almost expecting, considering in the, um, the quest you have to do for that guy, uh, what's the, uh, what's his name? You know the wizard you have to do the quest for to gather the blood? Oh yeah, I remember, I remember. One key thing he says, and this is what twigs me here, he says, he needs Dwemer blood, but the Dwemer are long extinct. However, he can get a sort of synthesizer of their blood from all other bloods of elven descent. Mm -hmm. So that's what sort of twigged me, because I thought they were dwarves. I thought they were like a different breed of dwarves or something like that. And then he said that, and I'm just like, wait a minute. Are you saying the Dwemer were elves? elvish? Are you saying they were elvish? Yeah, that got my attention too, and it made me go, what? 
And then well, now like, I really want to know about them. Come on, people. And then, like, they already did similar to the Snow Elves with how they brought them in. But yeah, the thing is with the Dwemer well, as well. Yeah, that's the thing. They brought them in, but with the Dwemer, they've never brought them in. Oh, yeah. They've always been, like, that distant thing in the background. And it's just like, we have the Daedra, we have the Snow Elves, we have all these different races, but the Dwemer are still here. But as a memory, I want to know, I want to speak with one of them. This was, I want it, I want it! This was sort of like what they did with the Protheans in Mass Effect as well. When they brought in Javik, I fucking flipped, because I was like, ah, It's a Prothean! Finally! It's a Prothean! Like, they did sort of do the big reveal when it turned out the Collectors were mutated, were... Not mutated. They were genetically modified Protheans. And which really pissed me off at the at the Reapers, I will say that. It really pissed me off. And then they brought Javik in, and I nerd-flipped because I was finally like, Yay, it's a Prothean! Yay, finally! I haven't seen you in fucking forever! Where have you been? <laughs> I know where you've been. You've been asleep. You fucking asshole! He did all this and you were sleeping? Javik was a good character as well. I do, I did enjoy Javik. I thought he was very well done. Oh. People have never really... about Javik. Yeah. My thing... Like, to me, the better companions of Oblivion... One of them I really like... Not Oblivion, but Elder Scrolls in general. Mm -hmm. One of them I really liked... Um... What was his name? Because he wasn't from Skyrim. He was from Oblivion. I haven't played much of Oblivion. I think I played a little bit, but I can't remember. All I remember, I remember this one Elder Scrolls game where you got off a ship and they took off your binds. I think you were a prisoner or something similar to like Skyrim, but you came off a ship instead of a cart. And you're like in a port town. Oh, that was Morrowind. Was that Morrowind? Yes, that was Morrowind. It must have been Morrowind then that I played ages ago, but I can't remember much else. I do remember this though. The character I played looked like a tiger. <laughs> I pretty yeah, that was Morrowind. Yeah, I had him up as a and a fucking giant crab killed me. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I never giant got crab. I never got that far into it. I can't even remember most of it. I only remember that. I can't remember. I'm gonna have to look it up, otherwise it's gonna kill me. I don't know. Probably Morrowind, though. Because in Morrowind, they still had, like, the animal-like feet and such. Yeah, it must have been Morrowind, then. Because I don't even think the Argonians were in it. I don't remember if they were or not. Um... Then, I'm trying they, to think now. They might have been. I'm, uh, was there a reptilian-like race? Yeah, that was the Argonians. I think there was, because I remember there was one that could breathe underwater. Yeah, it was the Argonians then. Yeah. I can't remember. What, all I remember was, you got off this ship, you were in prisoner-like clothes or summer clothes, they took off your ropish vines, and I made my character to look like a tiger. <laughs> that was it. That's all I really remember, except for the port town. I remember the port town. Very dirty, very wooden, darkish... And yeah, I, yeah, that's Morrowind. I, 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 yeah, there's no way. There's no way. There was a dirt path leading north, and I got stopped by a highwayman, and he instantly killed me. 
<sighs> anyway. I don't know. It was always an interesting take, but uh, when yeah. it comes to Bethesda, what they might do next, I'm, I'm sus suspecting they will do another Elder Scrolls. And I really hope with this one that they take some virtues out of Skyrim, but that they return to the heavily text-based role-playing aspect of Oblivion. Because I really miss that in Skyrim. Because Skyrim was an amazing game, no doubt. Mm -hmm. But you kind of miss the text that they gave you. Like, when you were turning into a vampire, you got that nice long text of explaining the dream. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just... It gave you a lot larger you sense know, of being there. You know what I did like about Skyrim? And I will say this. I think it's the... I can't remember what DLC it is, but the DLC that, that lets you build your own house. I built my own house. I built a library. I came back from doing a quest line, I walked into my library, sat down by the fire, and I can't name any other game you can do this, and I just started reading a book. <laughs> I don't know why, but I love reading books in Skyrim. I just get so involved in what's going on, and I just get drawn in. And when I pick up a book in Skyrim that I can read, I just want to read it. And I don't know why, but I just do. I have always been curious in that myself. I, I don't know. It's, know it's that thing of yes, no, maybe. And I'm not sure. Some of the books as well, like you can get the sums that offer you quest lines, you can get some that increase your skills, and then you just get some that are just like stories written by people. And when you read through them, it does make the world seem more organic and more alive because you're reading these works that other people have done. Like the Lusty Argonian. <laughs> oh, God. I will admit I read through that. I'm just like, I read through it and I went, still better than Fifty Shades. <laughs> but that's sort of what I like in a world that's meant to be organic. I like being able to read works that other people have done in the world. Yeah. That they're even NPCs. The like NPCs have done this. And it just makes it feel more alive. The NPCs always bring like my biggest complaint with like Fallout and Oblivion is the fact that these are supposed to be big cities and whatnot, but there's yeah. so few NPCs. Yeah. Give us more. Like, I don't care if it cuts back on the graphics a bit. Mm. Just give us more NPCs. It's like, with Fallout 4, they're going to be making it no more load times. All buildings and houses and such, you can just go right in. No load time at all. Whoa, 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 whoa. When it comes to NPCs, and I will say this now, and I do understand that these are, like, old generation now, I do say this, but if you've played Dead Rising 3, the amount of zombies they have in a single oh, yeah. crowd, especially when you're in a vehicle, if they can have that many zombies on screen at any one time, even loaded at any one time, then they can put in NPCs in a city. And the zombies, even when you're in the vehicle, still have pretty good resolution and they are still pretty defined. I think, it, I think when it's that, it pretty much comes down to the engine they're using, doesn't it? I'm not a game developer, so I don't have any idea, but I'm, I'm guessing it's mostly due to engine restrictions. It might actually be. 
I don't know. But another thing to when it comes to how you said about so few NPCs, when you go into um, oh, what's that city in Skyrim now? The Empire City. Uh, Solitude. Yeah, when you go into Solitude, here's what I like about it. Here's what I like. The world of Skyrim feels organic and feels alive because a lot of random shit is happening. You can have a lot of random encounters. But one of the points that really drives this home is when you go into Solitude and you're seeing a public execution. Oh, yeah. And what I like. Granted, after the first couple times, it kind of got yeah, more. But the best thing is you can actually interrupt that. And if you're quick enough, you can actually save the guy. I never knew that. I think there's even an achievement for it. I never knew that. I, I always thought it was he just dies. I'm not too sure if there's an achievement or a quest line for it. I think there's one. It's either the achievement or the quest line, but I'm pretty sure you can save him. If you're quick hmm. enough. I literally never knew that. I am depressed now. I gotta go do that now. <laughs> I literally have to reinstall the game just to try that. I, I'm pretty sure you can save him. If you can't, then feel free to slap me, because I'm pretty sure you can. I'm not too sure if it's a quest line or an achievement or it's something, but I'm pretty sure you can save him. If you were quick enough. But you don't really have that much of a window because you literally load in this owl dude and it's only like a couple of seconds before he's executed. So if you're going to save him, you've pretty much got to go to Solitude ready to save him. Hmm. That's two things I've told you that you didn't know. First was Vin Diesel as the voice of the Iron Giant. <laughs> well, I do know that Vin Diesel will be voice acting in Fallout 4. Seriously? Yeah. As who? I'm not sure. <gasps> Look up Young-Yeh's videos. Young-Yeh actually has videos where he showed the paper of some of the voice actors. And there's a few big ones in there. Like the guy who did the voice of frickin' Deadpool. He's in there. Oh, God. What's he going to be doing? <laughs> I don't know, but I hope he's doing another insane ball-to-the-walls guy. I would laugh if he's doing another fourth wall breaker where he just goes, Not you, I'm talking to the guy controlling you. Hello! <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. Oh, God. You know what I think that would be good? Just for NPCs and to make the world a little bit more interactive. Because you know how in Skyrim, when you spoke to an NPC, they would still carry on with the action they were doing? Which, that I liked. I liked that. I did like it, that. It, it gives the world, like, it's more yeah. alive. But it did sort of glitch into sort of a little bit where they would be drinking and you could still hear them when they'd go, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? But I would like it that if you spoke to an NPC in Fallout 4 and say they were working on, I don't know, say they were working on a car or something, that, you know those, um, slide boards they have? Yeah. Like, I would laugh if you talk to someone and he slides out, and when you finish talking to them, he just slides back under. Like, to make it more alive, to make the world more organic, that they'll stop their tasks or they'll do something else while you're talking to them. They won't just stay still and stare at you. Yeah, that's kind of, actually kind of creepy when you say it like that, like, I am watching you! Yeah. I see you're talking! This is like one of the um, main things they I'm talking do. to you, crazy man! This is one of the main things I find are very important in RPGs. Like, I find them personally very important. Is if the world doesn't feel right, it's not gonna work. 
And I like it when the world feels organic, that when it feels dynamic. That even when you're talking to someone, they will continue doing whatever the fuck they were doing. Like, even when you were talking, like, even in uh, Riverwood, I was talking to this one guy, and he carried on chopping wood. He wasn't even looking at me, he was just chopping wood. That yeah, it actually gives you a sense that they're actually, they know what they're go doing to the point where they don't even need to look at you. Like, uh, when me and Logan are talking, usually it's when, like, we go and he has a cigarette, or I'm cooking, or he's cooking, and literally, we don't even really look at each other, we're just there doing whatever we're doing, and talking to each other as we do it. Yeah. And it's like, these are routine things. Like, in a world where loading a gun or shaping a car or chopping wood is your daily activity, you get used to it. They did it becomes with, second um, habit. They did it with Joshua Graham as well, because every time you spoke to him, he was loading, checking, polishing a pistol. Yeah, that, I like that. It gave him a more, like, he's there in a, in a live feeling. Not that he's just staring at you like, Hi! You like my bandages? And while you don't need to go overboard with it, you can just do oh, subtle yeah. little hints like they did in Skyrim, just make them a little better. And you'll have a more dynamic, more organic feeling world that can draw people in. Because when you get an RPG, when you make a really big RPG, like Fallout, like Dragon Age, like Mass Effect, you're or one of your primary goals at least, is to draw the player in. And that is the goal of any RPG in my mind, is to draw the player in. To immerse them in this world. And if the world doesn't feel right, or there's something that draws them out of it, that's not gonna give them as much satisfaction as the game wants to give them. It's like, if you want to compare it, look at how they did the sewers in Fallout 3. When you're there, the music just right, the noise is perfect, the lighting, just that feeling of anything could pop out at you. And then you hear that noise in the distance, that rah! You're like, oh, something's coming. I hear you. I'm coming for you. Or it gave you that feeling of, oh, I gotta hide, I gotta hide. It's like when you went to that little part um, where there was the fire ants. Oh, I love that so much. Oh, that was, um, what town was that? That was Greyditch, wasn't it? I think, I think so. I think that I'm was Greyditch. I'm not sure, but I know it had the little kid there that you could either sell into slavery or send to his family. Yeah, I think that's Or do like I did and leave him there and then just pretend he was your personal butler in your little house. Yeah, that was Greyditch. I think that's Greyditch. I remember because as I was on my way to talk to the kid, like you know how he hides in that little preservation pod? Yeah. I was on my way to talk to him, and I had literally one bar of health because I had been fighting so many damn fire ants. I get within about three steps there, I hear a skitter, I turn around, there's one fire ant soldier staring right at me, and I'm just going, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> And I'm just like, I thought I killed all of you. <laughs> uh, you know what I like, though? When you were going to kill, like, the queen and shit, or reprogram, or whatever. Because you did have the option of doing it one way or the other, or yeah. whatever. But, like, the atmosphere in there was, like, both creepy and dangerous. But I turned the corner, and, like, the ant queen had kind of, like, glitched. 
So it kind of like just popped up in my face. I was like, holy shit! What the fuck? Oh my god! And I was jumping away from my computer screaming as this big bitch tried to start chewing me. So I get back and I'm pulling out my combat shotgun like, kill it! Or if it was Jurassic, or if it was Jurassic Park, it'd be going, shooter, shooter, kill it with fire. Don't do that. They use fire. Oh god. Kill, trying to kill them with fire is like trying to kill a baked bean burrito with beans. <laughs> oh god. Uh, that just reminds But it freaked me. me out because the atmosphere was perfect. Oh, God. And like an oblivion where you would wake up and that guy from the Dark Brotherhood was waiting for you. That was beautifully done because usually your character, you see them blacking out and you wake up and just as you look up, there he is looking down at you and like, wow, I did not hear you come in. You're standing over me. You could have fucking killed me. You're pretty good at this assassin shit, ain't no, you? You know what I like as well with the Dark Brotherhood? Astra from Skyrim. And this is a bitch. Oh. This is a bitch who not only sneaks into where you're sleeping, but pretty much drags you into the middle of nowhere and waits for you to wake up. Not only that, but she did that with three of her people. Oh, yeah. That bitch is strong. And nuts! But then again, she is the wife of a werewolf. Yeah, when her pussy's being stretched by that kind of power. <laughs> you're gonna hear her going, ah! Oh, how did I know you were going to bring that up? Then again, you do find her at, in the end of all of it. Big spoiler, by the way. But she's burnt up like a fucking piece of crispy toast. And pretty much every member of the Dark Brotherhood, save two, I believe, not including yourself, yeah. is alive. I think the Hammerfell guy is still alive, and the... Yeah, Nazir. Yeah, Nazir is still alive, and the... Uh, I think it's the Dark Elf. No, no, I think it's the little girl. Yeah, it's the little girl. It's the little girl that's alive, the vampire. And that was a pity. I kind of liked the Dark Elf chick. She was the little... More open to you, but I must say I did like that little girl. Just from her entrance and when she's telling the story of how she kills people, how she uses that being child against them. <laughs> you have to remember, this may look like a little girl, but it's actually but kind of like a thousand-year-old vampire. Yeah, and I must say, what an age to be stuck at, too. Damn. <laughs> what happens when she wants to get fucked? You can't find anyone. Well, she can, but not unless there is being a pedophile. <laughs> That's like, ugh. but still, she uses that to her advantage in such a way that I actually liked her. Then One thing I didn't like her: her pet spider. <laughs> I'm an arachnophobe. I hate those things. You know how hard it was for me to play that game of times. Oh God! All I would hear is the noise of the spider. I'm like, I'm getting out of here. But it's a quest area! Fuck you! Oh, God. That was my biggest peeve in the vampire thing. The I, last I, area, you had to go through those fucking things. Uh, Ooh, I, I would literally know. get up and start and shaking like, and jumping around. Like, Ugh, get the feeling off, get the feeling like, off. 
I want to know your reaction when you went to get the golden claw and that massive spider showed up from the ceiling. <laughs> I had already been expecting it because of the webs and all. Like, what but was, okay, what was your reaction when you first saw how big those webs were? My reaction was, oh god, no, oh god, no, oh god, no, oh god, no, oh god, no. And then when it finally showed up? When it finally showed up, I ran away. <laughs> I literally didn't go the conventional way. I actually went oh, out of the place, intended to go around the mountain to run away, that they fucked this quest, fucked the main story, and I found the where you leave from. Yeah, the back I was entrance. Like, oh, wait, I could I could have just gone eat. What the fuck, man? And I went and got the stone that way. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. You really don't like spiders, do you? Yeah, I do not. They freak me out. We're just funny. Scorpions, like in real life, they like of course they freak you out because they're venomous and they can kill you. But they're not, to me, as scary as a spider would be. You would not like it at my house, because my dad has a pet chili rose tarantula. I know. Named and you know what I would do? What? I would throw a fucking cocktail molotov at the thing. <laughs> you would Burn, you monster! You would incinerate <laughs> my living room and Mr. Jingles. How dare you? He's my friend and my lizard. I would get, I would take Mr. Jingles out, kiss him on the lips, and say, RUN! Then I let everything on fire. But Rosie is so cute and tame. I ass. <laughs> Screw that. I would put nitroglycerin in that fucking thing for it to die. Die, monster. Just stay the fuck away from me. That's like watching oh, the second God. Harry Potter movie. Oh, did I freak out! Oh, you know what I'm going... You know what I really want to do now for Halloween? What? If I ever go over to America and I'm there for Halloween, I am bringing a camel spider with me. And I'm going I... to in a glass box. No, listen, I'm, high, I'm holding it in a glass box. I'm knocking on your door. And if you answer, I'm literally thrusting it up into your face. I will scream. I will run. I will kill it. And then I will proceed to take a baseball bat and bash your head open. Well, just I am really... done killing you. <laughs> I will on your corpse and take a shower to get the feeling off. It'll just, it'll just be like, hey, Dylan, it's me. Oh, hey, Odie. Bah! <laughs> no, it wouldn't be that. There's a spider. I pushing you out of the way, running down the hallway until I bashed face first into the, into something. Like, ah! <laughs> No, you know what I really, you know what I'd do instead. I'd wait till you're asleep and put it on your bed. <laughs> like put it on your pillow yeah, so when you wake. I, I always lock my door at night. Shit. <laughs> and uh, I would notice you having that thing. Oh, those things are massive. Man, oh shit. I'm a only form of spider that I'm not completely terrified of, but still don't like is a daddy long legs. I still don't like him though. You know what I'm? You know what I'm so, so tempted to do? If you and me ever lived together, I would hide a Brazilian foot spider in your shoe, the most venomous <laughs> spider in the world. And as you go to put on your shoes, I'll just go, Nylon, you might want to check your shoe." 
and all you'd see was this massive tarantula in your shoe. You would die a horrible death. But it would be so hilarious in the beginning. Yeah, until I am shoving a hot poker up your dickhole. <laughs> yeah, fuck with me, I'm gonna fuck with you. I'd be there screaming in pain, but my final words would be, It was worth it. Oh no, I wouldn't kill you. I would do that to you, let you heal, do it again, let you heal, do it again. Oh, then when you got used to it and started to enjoy it, I'd do it to your ass. That sounds like almost like that... Wait a minute. Do you know about the Judas Cradle? <laughs> you know about the Judas Cradle, don't you? <laughs> Maybe. I think we should tell the viewers about the Judas Cradle. Oh god. <laughs> okay, let's carry Well, this is the asylum. Let's do it. So, the Judas Cradle. In a nutshell, you are tied up. They get this wooden pyramid. They sit you down on it. And they slowly pull you down. Most fun. Giving you the biggest pyramid-shaped bunghole in existence. And now you know why the Jews walk funny. <laughs> and if that wasn't bad enough, there's the brazen bull. God. There's the... Uh, oh, what's another one? What's a good one? Uh, the one where they hang you upside down, legs spread eagle, and they take a giant saw and cleave you from ass to brain. Oh, that sawing in half, that is. Yes. They did that yeah. to someone from the other way around. They did it head first. Yeah, I'd be more concerned with my balls being cut in half. There's also elephant execution where they get a trained elephant to crush each of your limbs one by one before bringing the full weight of it down upon your head. Yeah, there's still a worse one, yeah, which is an impalement, where they show it up your ass, out your mouth, Vlad and the leave you there style. hanging until you die. Fled the impaler style. Yeah, pretty much. So they're like, ah, <laughs> I would, I would laugh if they did a modern-day execution, and then all you see is the corpse of Vlad the Impaler walk up to the stage, bitch-slap the executioner, and just go, Now we do it how I did it! Let the yeah. God of Torture show you how it's done. Nah, I find it even better they're impaling someone, and the guy, and some guy from San Francisco runs up onto the stage, pulls his scarf off, kicks off his sandals, pulls his short shorts down, and goes, I'm next! <laughs> I heard there was impalement. No, you know what? You would see that executioner go. Ah! No, you know what would be really. <laughs> no, you know what would be really, really funny. I would just be there in the audience watching this with you, and you and me, you, me, and Logan. All we would hear is, "Oh, Jesus Christ!" And we just turn to our left and see Mr. Slave. Oh, oh God. Here's the thing, though. I don't even think oh, he would care. God. This is the guy who took Brit. No, not Brady Spears. This is the guy who took Paris Hilton up his ass. Head first, I might add. Showed up his ass in front of children. This is also the guy that in South Park, The Sick Truth, I made um, take a toddler up his ass. <laughs> That's just. Delightful women! What else did you do with your pedophilia? No, 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 no. I was showing my friend some of the summons from the game, right? 
and we were all at pool A's at the time, so this was during school, we were all gathered around, and I was like, I gotta show you this, and we were in fight with some toddlers, like literal toddlers, like Ike's age, and then I'm just like, I'm sorry, but I really have to show you this summon, and Mr. Slave does it, and they're all going, they're all freaking out, and I'm just there with the controller going, too much? <laughs> ah. Oh, that I like. Uh. Then again, I'm the guy who watches stuff. Okay, you know how people say the fatalities and the new Mortal Kombat are too much. Mm, I've seen a few of them. I like a few. I like them, but I wouldn't say they're too much. Yeah, I'm the guy who watches that and goes, "Yeah, that's noob work." For me, I would just go into that fight with nothing but a rusty spoon. <laughs> I killed a man with this spoon. Nope. That way when I go to the bar after I kill him, some guy will pull a knife on me, I'll pull a spoon on him, I'll go, I see you haven't played knifey spooning before. Let's get you started. No, you and I'll show him what I did to the other guy, which is skin him alive with the spoon while giving him tetanus from the rust. No, 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 Best fatality I've ever seen, and it's not even from a game. It is from the Chronicles of Riddick. Where he goes, what are you going to do? Kill me with your soup cup? He, oh, he goes, I love that one. Tea. He goes, what? I'll kill you with my teacup. And he actually does. Yep. <laughs> and I'm just like, ah, never play that game with Riddick. You will lose. <laughs> One of those funny, my character, this is my roleplay character, mm -hmm. Vakubi. Which one? Vakubi. Is that, I've, I know you've mentioned that name before, but I can't remember which one that is. Vakubi is perhaps the most unique Incubus character ever. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Reason being, for those of you who do not know of what I speak, usually people associate Incubus and Succubus with being, of being a pure sex. Or lust and They are a demon. That feeds from desire. Now, it doesn't have to be sexual desire. He, as sexual desire would be a little too easy for him to manipulate out of someone, <laughs> he pursues their other desires, their greed, their murderous rages. He pursues their desires, which are harder to bring out. Then uses them against the person to get whatever he wants. He's also the kind of guy that will sell you information of someone trying to kill you. Go to the person trying to kill you and tell them that they're going to try and kill you, that you're going to try and kill them this way. So when they go to try to kill you another way, he can tell you and he just keeps profiting. He's the guy that will start a war and then sell guns to both sides. <laughs> oh, God. That's how he is. Right. I got to go for a few seconds. I need the toilet. So I will be right back. Taking a break, everybody, and we're back, everybody. We're back, everybody. Yay. Okay. So we're moving on a bit, and we are moving on to... <laughs> we're moving on to quite something people don't usually like to talk about. And that is because they most likely prefer it to not exist. We are going to be talking about Dragon Ball Evolution and Dragon Ball Z as well. Yeah. So, just because I really want to know your thoughts on Evolution, Nylon, will you please entertain me? 
I can already tell this is going to be hilarious. Here is my thoughts on evolution. Deadpool, can you please come take it away? It's fucking bullshit! Thank you! He put it so elegantly. Deadpool truly knows how to explain how things are. Not fucking stupid. There you go! He had another voice of reason. Who are you? I'm James! Get on the electric chair. No! Too late. Oh, God. But I'm seriously not a big fan of evolution. Evolution, to me, was kind of just... Yeah, could have been undone. It could have not been done and nobody would have given a flying fuck. I don't know. I don't consider it canon. Is any of it canon? I wouldn't say so. I don't think any of it is. I don't think it is. Now, however, towards Dragon Ball Z, there is one thing that is not canon, but I wish was. Broly. The legendary Super Saiyan. Oh! How is, how is Broly not canon? He's supposedly not canon or whatever, I don't know. I don't see how he can be canon considering he's had not one, but two movies. Three. Three movies. He's had three movies about him. Oh, shit. How but is he's he not canon. How is he not? I don't know. You'd have to ask Logan. He understands it more. But apparently he's not canon. But I do love the character. Like, just the, fr the first movie was the best. I didn't like the second or third. But the first Broly movie, he, that whole movie, just made me go... Ooh, I like you. You're fun. Just that part where he's looking at the slaves, speaks of how they keep looking up at their home world, dreaming of going back. Then you see that ball of power show up in his hand, and he goes, It's just a dream! Throws the ball that goes next to them, turns around, goes up to their world, and blows up the planet. And he's just like, oops, did I just blow it up? <laughs> That's when I was going, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. I had a feeling, I had a feeling you'd love Broly. Broly was awesome. And, and, he is the most powerful of the characters. To anyone who denies that. Because I've had quite a few people deny him being the most powerful. For anyone who denies that, let me put it to you in this term. Frieza is supposedly the most powerful villain ever to exist in the in the Dragon Ball Z universe, because... No. Yes. Let me finish. Okay. He's supposedly the most powerful because, well, thus far, because when he comes back in his golden form, he can beat the snot out of Lord Beerus. And we saw Lord Beerus, even Goku got his ass handed to him as a Super Saiyan God. Which was a canon movie. Now, Frieza was a progeny, much like Broly. However, Goku at Super Saiyan 1 beat the snot out of Frieza. In his beat final form. Utter yeah. Beat the utter shit out of him at his final form 
at that time. However, Broly took Trunks, Goku, Vegeta, Piccolo, and Gohan, all at Super Saiyan, all at the peak of their power, and Broly beat the living snot out of all of them. He humiliated them and left them hanging around going, I'm dying. Someone save me. Save me, please. Broly did that at his base power. He didn't power himself. His body is constantly growing in power. He even has to go up into the air and release some of it so that his body can adjust and rotate in more. Isn't that also the whole, um, oh, what's that thing? Doesn't he wear something that sort of, like, limits his power? Yeah, he wears things that limit his power. One of them was the thing on his head that his father made to try and control him. The circle. Which, guess what? He broke that shit. Doesn't he also, like, pretty much crush his father into a basketball? Crushes his father and throws him into a giant sun that's colliding with that Inside planet. Inside his escape pod, I believe. Yeah. He's like, ha 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 you're no more fun. But still, Broly was... Goku used his Kamehameha, the move that has brought down everybody else before. Broly just took that right in front of Goku, did nothing to avoid it, and went, <laughs> pow, flung Goku across the map. Bye-bye! Vegeta comes rushing in. Super Saiyan power, fully released. He's going, I'm the prince of all Saiyans, and you will kneel. Broly just looks at him like, <laughs> do try and make me do so. Five minutes later, Broly is bashing the Vegeta through a wall going, well, you suck. Watches Vegeta go, so, Yeah, you uh, didn't do saying, so well. Saying that, though, Vegeta got his ass handed to him by the androids. No shit, but still, the androids weren't half as powerful as Frieza. Yeah, but this is what I'm saying. <laughs> Vegeta gets oh, his ass handed to him by quite a few people. He does, but here's the thing. He's still more powerful and surpasses Goku... The reason he doesn't is his obsession with beating Goku. Yeah. However, notice any time he's not fighting for his pride, he's fighting for others, his power lets him excel and surpass Goku. Even at Go Okay, when he's fighting uh, Kid Buu, Goku at Super Saiyan 3 can't beat him, and he got drained of power. Vegeta goes in, Super Saiyan 1, or actually I think it was Super Saiyan 2, and not only held off Kid Buu, but lasted longer against him than Goku did. So, Lord Beerus. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hmm? Going back to Kid Buu, there was this video I watched that did a comparison between all of the Buu forms, because Buu has quite a few of them. Oh, yeah. And they did this whole thing where what was the most dangerous and what was the most powerful? Kid Buu is defined as being the most dangerous form, but it is nowhere near the most powerful. No, it is not. The most powerful form of Buu, which, if I remember right, 
was when he absorbed one of the Kai's. It was at a massive bowling guy. What was it? Uh, Kai of the West or something like that? No idea. Or was it Kai of the South? You remember the massive giant guy. I remember. I just don't remember the name. The big giant guy. When he absorbed him, that was his strongest form. That was his strongest yep. one. It was by no means his most dangerous, but it was his strongest. So when it comes to Boo, you kind of have to go off this thing. Is what is his most powerful, what is his most dangerous, and what is the combination of the two? You want to know why the most dangerous was his kid form? Wasn't that when he was his most insane? Yeah, but it was because of he was mo the most unpredictable. Yeah, I remember That's that. what threw Goku and Vegeta off. It's not that he's more powerful. No, 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 he's no, no, just no, no, no. so unpredictable, you can't understand what the hell he's going to do next. Because every time you think you've got it, he just whips out something new. And in to, when we're talking about strength in Dragon Ball Z, in the entire Dragon Ball universe, you have to remember, this is a universe that is populated by people who can blow up a planet. The most powerful character in the Dragon Ball universe is Whis, the trainer of Beerus. And that is actually lore set and put down as fact by... Uh, Koryama. Mm -hmm. Tori Koryama literally has said he is the most powerful. He just never uses it, except the one time where he trained Goku and Vegeta, who were both at Super Saiyan God, and he was slapping them around. Now, want to know what's scary? The reason I say Broly is the most powerful villain in all of Dragon Ball Z he surpasses Vegeta as his golden form at almost just above his base power, with no restraint. If Broly was to fight Whis, even without training, just from fighting Whis, his body would adjust, and he would become just as powerful as Whis. The reason he wouldn't win is because Whis goes for pressure points. Broly goes just to drag out the fight and beat the snot out of you. He likes destruction. He enjoys killing. Yeah. But want to know what's really funny? What? Take Broly's personality and form and Whis's power and mix them. You have a nerfed version of Albaraka. A nerfed version of Albaraka. That's scary. Here's whenever people say they talk about characters who are strongest in Dragon Ball Z and such, I always have to point out the point. This is a universe where there are many characters who can blow up a planet. Who have the power to blow up a planet more than once. Oh yeah. And, well, put it this way, Boo blows up a planet. And when yeah. he blows up a planet, he becomes this massive much, but he regenerates himself. So in terms of power, they've all got the power to blow up a planet. But in terms of strength and durability, Cell can blow himself up, have one cell remain, regenerate himself. And he did that with King Kai's planet. You got oh, yeah. Boo who blew up a planet, and he had to rebuild himself as well. So in terms of both, they can both blow up a planet, but they aren't strong enough to take the blast. A really yeah. dangerous problem is when you've got someone who can blow up a planet, 
and still be standing after the blast. That would be Broly or Frieza or even Vegeta did it. Yeah, that's the thing. You, if they can blow up the planet but have time to recuperate after the blast, like regenerate themselves like Cell and Boo, they are pretty powerful. Yeah. But they're okay, still not Frieza's so most so powerful cool. attack when he blew up a planet, Broly survived that as a baby! As a baby, yeah. his power was yeah. so massive, he just went, eh, fuck you. His power and level went, was 10,000, wasn't it, as a baby? Yeah, on birth. Yeah. That's higher than any other being in existence This, this, this is also why I find it confusing how Broly cannot be canon, because in the flashback when it showed you, um, oh, what's Goku's father's name? I forget. I think it was uh, Raikou, and that's why his son got his name. Uh, what was the dub name they gave him? Uh, Bardock. Bardock. In the dub version, his name was Bardock. And um, he basically, in the abridged version as well, he thought Broly was his son. And you could see how excited he was when he saw Broly's power level of 10,000, and now Goku had him easily too. Yeah. And didn't they also attribute Broly's hatred of Goku because Goku used to cry a lot as a kid? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Best not to that try was... and piss him off. And what's funny is, we have a Broly in our existence, in our universe. That would be El Baraka, who is even more powerful than every DBZ character put together. When it comes to talking about power, about Dragon Ball Z, I always find they're comparing different things because they usually compare to how many times they've beaten the character, how many people they've killed, how many planets they've blown up, and how many they've survived. I have to say this, every character has something unique to them that makes them pretty damn powerful. And one of my favorites, my all-time favorite DBC villain of all time, is Cell. And I've always loved Cell, and I always will. But, before anyone says, it is not Perfect Cell. I like Perfect Cell, but he is not my favorite. My favorite is when he's at his most insectoid-like form. When they first encounter him, when he's got that bug-like appearance, and he's got his tail, which he pretty much uses in every single fight. Before he yeah. absorbed the androids, that is my favorite version of Cell, because he is just so damn creepy. And oh, he yeah. just has this menacing look about him. Like, don't get me wrong, Perfect Cell, I loved. I loved how he was. I loved how confident he was. I loved how he had to fight the best, otherwise he wasn't worth his time. However, I still think he was better as his insectoid form where he was just absorbing everybody. Yeah. That but my favorite would will, will always be and is Broly. Because Broly was just... He was so powerful and so uncaring to what he... destruction he caused. He jumped off a mountain and the mountain fucking collapsed. <laughs> and he was just like, come on, let's do this. <laughs> Goku brings up Super Saiyan, and he's going, Woo! Now you're more fun! I'm gonna punch your lights out. And he did. But, in personality, my all-time favorite character, second to Vegeta. Vegeta is my favorite character, 
of DBZ. Vegeta, Vegeta has a pretty good personality. I love him. I do love Vegeta. He is awesome. Just the, especially the parts where Bulma makes him go, I did not say that, you take that back And he's trying to deny he loves her and shit. Uh, I find it hilarious how he has to, where he tries to adjust to life as a normal person. I like it when the part she gives him pink clothing. <laughs> oh god! The, or when he eats the soap. The abridged version of that. Made of fat? That sounds awesome. Oh, ugh, that tasted nothing like you said, woman. <laughs> <laughs> The abridged uh, version of DBZ, the abridged version of Vegeta, oh. I find hilarious. Like, I, I honestly, not, I'm not sure if I like the original or the abridged more. Put it this way, put it this way, I cannot look at Cell the same way anymore. <laughs> this is the part where he goes, where, where Piccolo goes, I, I heard there was a, a disturbance here, so I came to investigate. And Cell goes, well, that would probably mean, because let's say that I'm pretty fucking disturbing. <laughs> No, that, it was that. <laughs> I'm just going. Oh yes. It was that scene where he's at the front of the bus and the bus driver keeps honking the horn and he just keeps going beep 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 beep. beep. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome because all the jocks and I'm like, we're gonna kick your ass. He's like, oh really? Let's do <laughs> Everyone dead and he's like, ah, I was eating a snack. Oh, I cannot look at Cell the same way. <laughs> but. My favorite character, Vegeta and Broly aside, because those are my favorite. Yeah, this is Vegeta and Broly. Too. But those aside, in sheer personality and how he talks and acts, it's actually Lord Beerus. Hmm. Because he is fucking funny. Like, he goes, eh, well, you're all a bunch of pussies and I'm going to kill everybody, but. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that cake? I love food. He's a foodaholic. You know who he I eats like? everything. You know who I like? And the really moment he like... gets angry, I'm going to destroy something. You know what I? You know who I really like from Dragon Ball Z and is one of my favorite characters? Just for the oh, sole personality aspect alone. Oh. Who do you think it is? Oh, God. Take a guess. <laughs> who do you think it is from the sole personality aspect? Uh, I'm gonna have to go with either Gohan. Nope. Or Goten. No. Huh. Not sure of that. Soul personality aspect alone. Everything else. The aside, old man. Soul personality aside. Soul personality. It is Master Roshi. I knew it. <laughs> I just find Master Perverted Roshi amazing. I find him absolutely amazing. That perv. I don't care. He's hilarious. It's like. The part where he's about to meet, where Lord Beerus is about to arrive. Like, are any of those nudie films? And he gets slapped. No, it's not. You should stop being a dirty old man. He's like, and you shouldn't hit your relatives, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was beautiful. Oh, God. But the part I loved the most, and this is what proves Vegeta is more powerful than Goku when he's fighting for others, is when Bulma slaps Lord Beerus, he smacks her to the floor, and Vegeta goes, How dare you! That's my Bulma! And his power just skyrockets. He takes a full force punch to the face from Beerus at Super Saiyan 2 and just goes, boom! And he starts beating the crap out of Beerus. You know you've just reminded me of? No, no, no. And what's funny is Goku at Super Saiyan 3 got his ass handed to him by Beerus in two hits. Vegeta started kicking his ass. That's proof. 
You know what you've just reminded me of? Chicken? No, not chicken. There was this... Uh, oh, God. There was this show I watched when I was a kid. And it was pretty damn violent. But there was this one time where uh, the god of destruction descended upon the world to destroy it. Sole reason he wanted to destroy it. And he wanted to do it in person. Sole reason. He was bored. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes down and he wants to drag out the fun. So he starts destroying town, city, country, so on. He gets to the one guy who is the protagonist of the show. And he bitch slaps his sister through five buildings and a bridge across a river into the next town. Right? He only sees her go about about a quarter of the way before he turns his eyes back. And this guy is apparently the... I'm not saying this... I don't think he was the son. I think he's a descendant of one of the other gods. It was similar to, like, Percy Jackson or something like that, how they're all descended from gods or something like that. Ah. He ends up getting really, really pissed, right? But he just stands still. So the God of Destruction turns to him, and he throws a full-force punch at him, right? He hits him. He does not move. But everything behind him gets destroyed in a cone, right? I gotta figure out what anime this is. This sounds good. Like, it's a cone. Everything behind the protagonist gets destroyed in a cone. The God of Destruction tilts his head... Right? He still has this blank face on. Like, he either has a smile or a blank face. He has his blank face on. He pulls his fist back. The guy's just staring up at him, and he's just going, Who are you? The guy does not talk. So he throws another punch. This time the guy catches it, right? And this is when it all starts to change. Because all you hear is... And when the God of Destruction is screaming because the protagonist just broke his wrist in one movement, that is when you need to be scared. Yep. And this is the same guy who raised his left hand. This guy was right-handed. He, he raised his left hand, punched the guy square in the jaw, and sent him down into the center of the planet. What? <laughs> One punch. Like, I know I... I don't know what's scary. What? Albaraka, by legend, every pantheon had to unite to try and take him down, to subdue him. Mm -hmm. They had to do this seven times! Every other time they get their asses kicked. But one of the times, the third time they tried, all of them were around him. You know what he did? What? Raised... One finger, and with nothing but the energy in that one finger, blasted all the gods off of the human realm back to their own, and they could not go back because as long as he had that power released, they could not overpower him to get back on the human realm. With the power in one finger. That's scary! And this is this is like sort of like the thing that they did with evolution. Like Dragon Ball Z Evolution, I will say this, it is a terrible movie. <laughs> like in terms of lore and story and everything. But I did enjoy it. I thought it had its moments. Like any movie has its moments. But I was just waiting for something to happen. Like Piccolo I didn't even like Piccolo. 
Piccolo is one of my favorite characters just for the whole way he is. I like him in a bridge. He's just bored all the time. <laughs> Cloves beam. <laughs> what I really like, what I really like, the part where Gohan goes, are we going to start training today? What's first? Dodge, bitch. Bow. Dodge. Wait, what? <laughs> that was beautiful. I loved it. Uh, I can't look at most of the DBZ characters the same way, but w this is sort but of. You like... know what's sad? What? One of those, the saddest thing is, how is it Goku isn't the shittiest father and husband when he's always gone or dead? <laughs> I swear, his wife must be banging half the neighborhood. Oh, God. And being as he is, he probably wouldn't care. He'd be like, oh, oh, I'll let you guys finish having a fun time. Bye! And fly off. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, if it wasn't for the haircut, I would swear his kids aren't his. <laughs> and the oh other part of the time, God. he's never around to help him. Oh he doesn't raise him, he's just like, hi, bye. Oh Dad, where did you go? There was a, there was a, um, uh, when I'm bored, I will read some really stupid shit. Right? Oh, and I was probably Don't good at tell me about your porn. No, 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 no. Oh, I've got a video series for you to watch, Nyland. Oh, God. Put it this way. I have a friend who's a grammar Nazi, right? And I mean that affectionately. Because he helps me writing, right? Me and about four other people, including him, read this one fact, read this one fan fiction out, right? And we have a friend who has a pretty good reading voice. Like, you know the people who, when they read stuff out, you instantly listen to them? Yeah. Yeah. He has one of them voices. So we were listening to him, and it was an Attack on Titan fanfiction, right? Oh, God. By the time we read it, by the time we all read it, it has seven chapters in it, right? <laughs> by the time we got to about chapter four, we were all laughing, pretty much ready to die. And my friend Matt, who's a Gramanasi, who I play Endless Legend with, he was crying. Crying. We got to chapter seven, we finished it. And we were all either crying on the floor laughing or we were all pretty much dead. <laughs> I went back to this. I went back to this fanfiction. And I read some of it out on my YouTube channel. Oh, really? And I'm going to link the videos to Nylon so I can destroy his brain. <laughs> no. Yes. No. Yes. yes, you are going to read it, and you are going to suffer. That bad. that bad, I'm going to send you a link. Put it this way, it's so bad, my friend refuses to read it. And this is the thing, it was seven chapters long when we got there. When I read it for my YouTube channel, it was about 15. Uh. I barely made it through four. Uh. I stopped at about four. No. I think I, I think I stopped at about three or four, and I am going to link you these videos. Illegal. What? Illegal. Nope. These videos are illegal. Nope. I'm going to link you to those videos, and you are going to watch them. I am going to break your sanity. Uh, uh, talking about fanfiction, I read this one fanfiction because I love Cell as a character. I think he's amazing. But you know how you said uh, Chi-Chi might as well be banging everybody in the neighborhood? Yeah. 
They did this long stretch, and what I mean by a long stretch was it was a really long stretch as if it was possibly happening. Like, if it was possible. Because you know how, um... Oh, what's it? Dr. Jiro. You know Dr. Jiro who created the androids? Yeah. <laughs> well, in the fanfiction, they discovered that, Goku, that, uh, that Gohan wasn't Goku's son, he was an android. That uh, makes no sense. Exactly. That's why I said it was a long stretch. But you know how Dr. Jiro was gathering the cells of people to yeah. put them all into cell? Well, he was being extra careful with Goku, so he created a child version. Which the robot then impregnated Chi-Chi with, a.k.a. Gohan. It was a really long stretch. Not most of it made any sense. Most of it didn't make any sense. But the interaction between Gohan and Cell when they actually realized this, it was freaking hilarious. Because Gohan just goes, so you're my dad, and Cell just goes, he just turns from Gohan, he looks at Goku, and he just goes, he's your problem, bye! <laughs> <laughs> like, he literally, this was during the Cell games. Like, literally, during the Cell games, he just looks at Goku, who is pretty much half dead at this point, and he just goes, he's your problem, bye! And he, and he flies off. And I'm crying, because I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I was just like, for all the shit, and for how this did not make any sense, or none at all, that interaction alone was priceless. <laughs> this is why, no matter what, I will read fanfictions about anything I like, because some people just make them so fucking hilarious. And some honestly, people make them honestly, really, really good. I think I've talked about this to you. I don't know if it was in a uh, podcast. But, like, I write. And if I was to get, by the grace of the gods, if I was to get somewhat famous or liked or whatever, yeah. I would want it so that if someone wanted to make fan fiction, they don't fuck it up. They yeah, don't you, you, talked to this, you talked with me about this, but it wasn't on a podcast. Uh, it's like, I don't want to do, like, I wouldn't want to discourage them from doing it. It's just, please don't fuck up the lore. Please don't fuck up logic. You do please realize they're don't. going, you do realize you're going to get the trolls who are going to fuck it up. Oh, I know. But you know what I'll do? I'll turn right around and say, you see, all of that's impossible because of this, 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 this. Because if you look at how I wrote it, you look at all the lore, and you look at all the explanations I give, it's all logic. You're taking this out or that out? Guess what? You just destroyed the logic. Meaning none of it makes sense, none of it's possible, you fail. Like, there was this one fanfiction when I was really, really young. I wrote this one Sonic fanfiction because I am a huge Sonic fan. Really? So, yeah, I love Sonic. That pissy little hedgehog? No, 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 no. I love Sonic the Hedgehog, as in the series of it, the whole thing about it. But my favorite character in Sonic is Scourge. And you probably don't know who he is, because he's only ever appeared in the comics. Scourge is the anti-Sonic. He's the evil version. He's the guy who killed his father, slaughtered his people, conquered his planet, and is now on his way to conquer another dimension. He's also the bastard who nearly killed Knuckles' father and became infused with pure chaos energy, hence why he's green. And he's also a womanizer. <laughs> He is evil as hell. Okay, I'm so far starting to like him. And I wrote this one fanfiction where... 
because he gets put in this prison called the Null Zone, I believe it's called, or the Zero Zone, or something like that. So I wrote this fanfiction where he comes back, he got released, and he experiences a genetic decay. Like, he starts decaying from the inside out. And he knows he's dying, but no one else does. So he goes to the city, all he wants is a chili dog. That's literally all he wants. He just wants a chili dog. Everyone shows up, and they basically tell him he's not wanted here, they're ready to fight. He puts, he takes off his leather jacket, because he has this iconic leather jacket he has. He throws it to the floor, and he leaves. Because he's basically given up at this point. He's given up. He then pretty much goes into a coma. He, okay, just to explain it. Before he goes into a coma, he does find this wolf, he does heal this wolf up, and the wolf goes to the others. This was when I was really young, I wasn't interested in logic, I was just interested in the story. So they find out, Tails helps rebuild his body, he's got the same green coloring in the machines. Skip ahead quite a bit. <laughs> and the anti-versions of everyone else show up. And he has this one interaction with his supposed girlfriend from the Antiverse, or whatever it's called. I can't remember the actual name of it. He has this one interaction with her where she's trying to apologize for leaving him in the prison. Bear in mind I was about eight when I wrote this. Scourge comes out with, You fucked the warden and you left me the rot, you bitch! something I would write when I was that age. Exactly, this is what I mean. This was because I loved Scourge as a character, but he never really did much, and I felt like they were keeping him to this one plot line, and I wanted to do something different. So yeah, I made him a little bit of a good guy, I also kept his really mean streak. Like, he really does have a mean streak. But this is why I love reading fanfiction, because you do get you do get a lot which are just sex, 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 sex. You do get a lot that are trolly, but you do find ones which are really rare gems, which are just brilliant. And they are hilariously fun to write. They are hilariously fun, because you do get some people who are just like, That would not happen! <laughs> but it's like that whole... Uh. But when it comes to... Dragon Ball Evolution. I will say this. There is potential for a Dragon Ball Z movie. They've done it before. I would prefer it if they kept it to the animated movies because there's a lot more you can do with animation than you can do with live action in my own personal opinion. But when it comes to... If you're going to do a live action movie of Dragon Ball... Make sure you get the fucking characters right. At least yeah. try to make them look like how they look. Because I'm sorry, Piccolo without his antennae or without the pink fleshy muscle parts, that is not Piccolo. That is a vegetable. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, I love Broly. He's my all-time, like, as far as a villain, none are better. I love him to bits. As far as, what do you call him, Vegeta, who's my favorite, like, somewhat good guy, 
I call those guys anti-heroes. Yeah. But him, Beerus, and Broly, if they fuck up, I can't watch it. Because, oh, I love those guys. And you can pretty much see what my attraction to heroes, to, to characters like them is. It's like, I always go for these types of characters. I've always been drawn more to the villains, but it's always a specific kind of villain. Like, I've always, I've always loved Cell. Cell, I think, is brilliantly done. Oh, yeah. However, and I will say this now, I love Perfect Cell, but I still prefer the insectoid form. I would love for that cell to be the permanent cell. That cell to me is perfect. <laughs> Even though he does become perfect in some way. <laughs> I don't know. He becomes more rational. Yeah, which I think was kind of... Meh. I kind of like... I do love his perfect side, but I also like the sort of insanity aspect and the unpredictability to his side. Makes like, me wonder, why don't you like Broly? I never said I didn't. I've just never seen much of him. Like, I've seen most of Cell. I've seen mostly Cell. Like, this, is, this brings me into one of the points. During a fight with Piccolo, Cell appears behind him and wraps his arms and legs around him. Like, he pretty much grapples him with his entire body and then starts draining him from the arm. Most of them would just grab them with their arms. This guy grabs them with both. Mm. Like I don't he, know. I like, like, Broly. He's the fucker that... He's like, hmm. Well, there's three of them. They're all charging me. What can I do? Oh, I know. There's minus one. Looks at the other two. Hey, Goku. How much do you love your son? Goku's like, Gohan, leave, now, run! Beats the shit out of Goku. Next thing you know, Gohan is getting the snot kicked out of him. He's just like, hehehehe. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. But yeah, always on top of that tower. They're all kicking him and punching him and blasting him with every bit of power they got. And he's just standing there like, you done yet? You done yet? You done yet? Eh, fuck this. Boom, 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 boom. They're all flying all over the place. Ha! Losers. Oh, you're gonna love one of the ca You've just reminded me of one of the characters from the anime. I think it was War of the Gods or something like that. It's, I can't remember the name of it. There was one where one of the villains breaks a hole in reality. And this one being steps out. And this being is like the guardian of reality. And she goes to him, Do you know what you're doing? And he looks at her... And he just goes, no, and quite honest, I don't care. I'm bored. <laughs> like, this is like a rolling theme with some of the villains in the series. They get bored and they do some really stupid shit. So she just looks at him and well, she just goes. if you really think about it, why do most villains do what they do? They yeah. get bored. So she looks at something him. to do. She looks at him and she goes, you're bored, so you've ripped a hole in the fabric of reality. He just goes... I was intending to blow up a sun, but this works. <laughs> so she ends up face palming, and I cry because she comes out with this line, where she goes, "How do the gods produce such idiotic mortals?" Right? He does not take that offensively. He walks behind her, slaps her on the ass, walks back in front, and he just goes. This stupid mortal just slapped you on your ass. 
And I can tell by your blessing you liked it. So don't think you're better than me. <laughs> this oh was, god. This was like one of the main villains throughout the series as well. I loved him because he came out with some of the most random shit. Well. Like, when the protagonist and him, like, when the protagonist destroys his robot army, like, his robot clone army and gets to him, he's there sitting behind a desk, typing on a laptop. He looks up, pulls down his reading glasses, and he just goes, It took you nine hours to destroy all of them. You are disappointing me! <laughs> and, he just goes, and he just goes, Why would I? What? And he just goes, you destroyed half of them within two hours last time they attacked. Now it took you nine hours to destroy all of them. You're slacking. Mm. So he just goes, are you testing me? And he just goes, no, I want to kill you, but at least do your best when I try to kill you. <laughs> so he just goes, what? What? Wouldn't you prefer me to not do my best? That way you can kill me easier. And he stands up and he just goes, don't you ever assume I would want an easy kill. <laughs> and I'm just like, why do I love this guy? I understand why you love him, because I love him. What is this anime, and where can I find it? I think it's War of the Gods or something like that. He's absolutely hilarious. Like, he's the descendant of, um... I think he's the descendant of the God of Mischief or something like that. So he's not really powerful in combat. He's just very good with his mouth. That's Vakubi for you. He reminds me of Vakubi, because Vakubi is the same exact way. Oh, I have to laugh. He manipulates this one businessman, and when the protagonist finally exposes him, he stands up, starts clapping, takes off his hat, the facade fades, he's standing there in his normal form, and he just goes, It's about time I was getting bored. <laughs> and he just goes, What? Like, he confuses the protagonist a lot. He makes the protagonist say what a lot. So he ends <laughs> up just going to him, do we really have to go through this every time you expose me to someone? And he just goes, aren't we enemies? And he just goes, hmm, I prefer to think of you as sort of an amusing plaything. <laughs> he just goes, I am not your toy. And he just goes, no, but your mama was. Oh! <laughs> and the protagonist just face palms. At this point, the protagonist is not even really interested in trying to fight him. He just face palms. And that is the worst mistake he ever makes. Because what? the moment he face palms, he gets kicked in the knee, dropped to his knees, and his neck snapped. Ah! By the antagonist, who I can't remember his name. He, basically, the protagonist can't really die from normal means. It takes a lot of energy to kill him. So as he's regenerating, he's sitting there on the desk. He lights up a cigar. And he just goes, I might not be much of a fighter, but if you give me an opening, by God, I'm going to take it. <laughs> I love this guy. So he then puts... I gotta see this anime now. You gotta give me the name of it. He puts on his hat. He tips his hat forward. He pulls out a revolver, shoots the guy he was manipulating in the head. And he just goes... He looks down at the protagonist and he just goes, what? <coughs> oh, you mean him? He wasn't really important. I was just using him. I use people. It's what I do. <laughs> Descendant of Mischief, Loki, those guys, Norse, you know, the whole devious devil part, you know, that's kind of my thing. That's what I do. We've done this dance before. You should know what I do. <laughs> I want to watch this now. 
And when the protagonist finally regenerates and gets to his knees, he puts the revolver to his head. And he just goes, Now I know this isn't going to kill you, and I know you don't have the energy to fight back, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to shoot you in the head, you're going to die, and you're going to come back within an hour or so. By that time, I'm going to be long gone. Okay? So, uh, well, we'll reschedule this for next Friday. Huh. And he just goes, What the fuck goes through your head? <laughs> and he just looks at him and he just goes, Meh. Honestly, I don't even know. <laughs> I just do what I do. I don't even think. Like, I don't even... Wait a minute. Are you trying to distract me? No, I... What? And then he finally goes, I like you. See you next Friday. Boom. <laughs> oh, I need to watch it again. I need to find it because that guy was hilarious. You need to find it because I want to watch it now. Oh, that antagonist was hilarious. If anyone knows what that is, I don't know if it's God of the Worlds or something like that, but if anyone knows what that is, let me know because I love that guy. Anyway, we're coming up to the oh. three-hour mark, and I think we've covered everything. I think so. Well, it's two hours fifty-five now, so we might. So, shall we wrap up? Mm, yeah, sure. Let's wrap up. Okay. So this has been episode what seven now? No, episode six. Because episode five was the return to the asylum. And I am finally out of my blue period, so you can expect a lot more updates on the YouTube channel and a lot more insight to insanity, which I know Nyland is going to love. Yay! Finally! <laughs> uh, any closing remarks, Nyland? Oh, just the same as I say every time. You can expect to see more of us as soon as I whip him back into shape. Please subscribe, because to the two subscribers that have subscribed to us, we love you! But seriously, thank you for enjoying all this psycho babble that goes on, and thanks for supporting it. We do this just because we like having fun, and if it entertains you guys, hey, that's a bonus. So, yeah, we're going to be hopefully making t-shirts uh, soon. Um... Twenty subscribers who subscribe, you might get a free one if you're a subscriber within like the next two, three months. Mm, right about when we can actually get it all together on that. Honestly, I can already get them made, but um, to all those who do subscribe to us, we deeply love you guys for being here. We love that you joined the asylum, and uh, tell us your room number. We'll come visit you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we promise not to do anything mean. We don't bite hard, unless you like it. <laughs> well, I don't bite hard. I don't know about him. Yeah, I bite to break the skin. <laughs> anyway, this has been really fun, but I've got, like, a naked bitch with a butt plug in and a dripping pussy, so I've kind of got to get back to that. I'm surprised I said all that. Meh. I'm in, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a fun mood, so I'm in the mood to just say whatever I like. <laughs> Alright, well, you go have fun with that. Will do. Ciao! Ciao! Sayonara, everybody!